welcome to Cocktails and Calamity, the show where we get inebriated and discuss the fallout of technology, politics, and the social transformations shaping humanity's global future. Right. You know, that's, I mean, that's just, the man's got think, a resume that's uncontendable. And I think I like him because he doesn't approach things from his point of view. He's not like, I want this and I want that. He's like, this is what the people want. This is what the people need. This is what my constituents need. It's more about, about what what the people need and not so much him, or at least he, he frames it in that way. Maybe that's what the difference is. And I, I like that. I like that idea because a lot of times on Facebook, the stuff that I post is my own feeling too, but a lot of it's because of who I'm dealing with and the people that I know in my life. It's not my perspective. And I think that's where our leaders really should be coming from, not their own perspective. Like Joe Biden, he, he says, I am, I am, you know, pro-life. I am a pro-life person, but that is, I don't want that to be the law. I want people to have their choice. So that kind of you know thinking is is I think you know better for us where we don't have their personal opinions so much as oh there's my cat this is Joe <laughs> he, he, uh, he only wants to be paid attention to when I'm busy but I you know I think if our if our leaders are are more about well, this is what our constituents want I think I think we're gonna get a lot of better response from people I think we're gonna get a lot more done at, instead of just me 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 and this is what I want and this is what I think and you know and all that so there's a an old, I think an old Greek quote that always, I think senators or just really any public servant should live by. And it's the, you know, wise men plant trees under which they'll never get to sit in the shade of. Yes. And so few people, especially so few leaders live like that. Right. Or is it, there's that quote that says, we don't inherit the earth from our ancestors. We borrow it from our children. Mm. That one just makes cry. Really so. I know. I know. Guys, let me, let me interrupt for a quick second and uh, welcome Brian to the podcast. Brian, how are you? Brian is hey, a, how are everybody? Hey, Brian is an entrepreneur here in the Orlando area. Um, he's a very successful uh, marketer. Um, and I want to, um, so Brian, I, I just have to let you know that I've welcomed you into the lion's den. Um, <laughs> Brian, <That's mine. laughs> so, I have my so, drink for the lion's den, so we're Perfect, good. perfect. Um, so, so I, 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 you know, I, I wanted to make sure we had a little bit of diversity this evening. So, uh, Brian, would you consider yourself a conservative? Like, what, what? Tell us how you're feeling about this election. Uh, I am a conservative. I mean, I would consider myself a bipartisan type person. Um, I, I truly think that I truly believe in in both parties. Like, I believe the Democrats, the Democratic Party has great ideas, and I believe the Republican has the great ideas. So I, I believe in both. So my determination of a vote really depends on how I feel about the individual running. Mm. So, I mean, Mike, you know, you know where I stand this election. Yeah. Uh, you and I have had debates and, and stuff like that, but you and I go way back to so we're friends. So it's like, you know, we put all that aside, but right. um, you know, it, it, it's, it's going to be an interesting evening so to speak. So, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, sitting here and anticipation and, and hoping for the best, you know, uh, I mean, bottom line is as a small business owner, I need, I need a candidate in office and I need, you know, a, a federal government in office that's going to be most beneficial to us small business owners. So, um, historically, um, I've, had more I've had better years during Republican years so just historically that's just in just me uh, I don't know about anybody else but you know uh, I'm 
I'm, you know, not afraid that I am not afraid to say that I am pushing for Trump um, just because of the success I've had in the past four years. Um, and do you, I'm, and, I'm curious, do you attribute the success that you've had in the past four years to Donald Trump? Directly? No. I, I think, I think the, the policies and the, the stuff that he's put in place and because he is a business owner and he values small business, in my opinion, that I feel I've done well under him in office. So do I attribute him directly? I mean, I can't literally, I can't really say if it's directly, but I think because my, my business during the eight years of Obama was really a roller coaster, um, especially between 2008 and 2013. It was a rough ride. Um, and I'm sure it was a rough ride for a lot of people, but it was a rough ride. Um, wasn't, wasn't some of that kind of cleaning up the recession from 2008-2009? Yeah, I mean, it, it probably was. Um, a lot of it had to do with the pandemic back then that really nobody nobody really acknowledged the pandemic of 2009. Um, I think H1N1 is... is I, I mean, I, I honestly, I can't really say. I, I know that it's a, diff, it's a different virus. It's a different situation. Brian, um, can, can I ask how the H1N1 sure. pandemic affected your business? What, what is your, um, what do you do? I do marketing. Okay. So my, my business was shut down because of a huge recession back in 2008, 2009. Sure. The bubble, when the bubble burst. Right. No, we, um, we, we remember. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. I, I also, <laughs> I also am a stock market investor. So okay. I got hit hard those several years. Yeah. Um, but like, so, how did, how did H1N1 impact you? Um, I think it had, had a lot to do with the, just the, really the uncertainty of what H1N1 was doing because we didn't really know much about it. We knew it was a virus. We knew a lot of people were getting it. Um, I know statistically what it, what it did, but I mean, honestly, it, it affected my business in the way of, it shut down a lot of my business because of the uncertainty of where, which, where the country was going. Um, because, you know, I mean, um, with housing, you know, with, with the housing development, with businesses struggling with everything. So for me as a, as a marketing agency, I rely strictly on corporations budgets. So if a corporation is failing or if a corporation is not doing well, they're not going to spend the money. And I, I, and I'll be honest, and I would say this past four years, I would say probably 2000, end of 2016, 2017, corporations started to spend a lot of money on marketing. They started to reroute where they started putting money into scaling their business. Um, prior to Trump, it, I saw a little bit of incline uh, towards the end of Obama's reign, and I'll say I voted for Obama in his first reign, his first four years, um, because I believed in what he had to say. Um, but in an instance, there was a lot of extenuating circumstances during those years that attributed to a lot of companies and a lot of businesses' failures and a lot of, you know, the housing market, the stock market, uh, you know, a lot of different factors involved. So. 
can I attribute? I'm not going to sit here and place blame on anybody because I can't. You know, I, I just can't. I'm not going to place blame on a president. I'm not going to place blame on the White House because, and Mike will tell you, honestly, I feel that I have full control over my business and myself no matter who's in office. It makes it harder who's in office or it makes it harder with the situation that's going on, especially if there's a recession going on or what have you. It just makes me have to work harder to find the business, to find people that find companies that can spend money on marketing. So it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely a challenge. Um, so to speak. So hang tight, Mike, Um, these, these small business owners are actually, uh, thank you very much for inviting us on. We've got work that still has to get done tomorrow. Yeah. So we are going to back out of the lion's den. My phone's also been, Blowing up the. This has been really, really fun though. Thanks but, yeah, so much for having nice us. Nice to meet you guys. Bye, back oh, nice to meet you too. Great. Nice to, to meet you, you. Stacy. Good to see you again, Alicia. All right. And uh, to your friends. Congratulations, by the way, on your continued success with Trashy Divorces. If you have Thanks not so listened much. to the podcast, please check wait. it out. Uh, Trashy Divorces. It's fantastic. It really is. Cheers. Thanks, Cheers. friends. Uh, Everybody okay. have a great night and uh, we're going to leave well, with lots of hope. Cheers. Happy Democracy care, Day. Keep it trashy. Cheers. Happy Democracy Day. <laughs> Can I jump in real quick? Because I want to respond to something that Brian said. Yeah, I think one of the important things, this is just my thought moving forward, is starting to talk about policy issues instead of people issues. Because a lot of times Mm. if you say, are you Biden or Trump, let's just say in this instance, of course, Biden or Trump, Mm. it means lots of different things. But when you start talking about specific policy issues, like let's say I'm just going to use Medicare for all. There are a lot of people that support Medicare for all that don't necessarily support Biden. And so you start talking about these specific policy issues. I think that that is a more important um, discussion for us to start having instead of the people who are, you know, running for particular. I mean, obviously, we're going to talk about the people who are running for particular you know, spots or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think if we start talking about specific policy issues, we're going to see hey, we have a lot more in common than we think we do. Just like, you know, the two ladies that just left and Brian, you guys all uh, own small businesses. And so, you know, we, we come we come from different places and we come from different thoughts. But when we start talking about very individual things, I think there's a lot more agreement on some of those levels. And I think more discussion like that is going to be a better way of bringing us together instead of saying, oh, you're Trump. Oh, I don't like that. Or you're, you're Biden. I don't like that. Instead, like, mm-hmm. let's start talking about what policies are, you know, similar or what, what types of things do we want to see? I mean, obviously I think for the most part, most people want the same things, in the United States, happiness, safety, security for their, themselves and their family, obviously. Of course. Absolutely. 100%. But when it comes down to it, you know, we, we do all these polls and it's always like, are you Democrat or Republican? And a lot of people aren't Democrat or Republican, or they think some things, you know, they agree with Democrats and some they agree with Republicans. Absolutely. And, so having more policy discussions and, and more individual discussions like that, I think it's going to be better, not just in general for how to solve issues, but for our mental health and for connecting with each other. I, th- I think that's mm. exactly right. And I just want to jump so. in there to, first of all, say fucking A, Audra, absolutely. Thanks, um, but man. second of Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, but, but second of all, to say like, I, I guess this is, okay, so I'm just going to be, I'm just going to lay it on the table when it comes to my feelings about Donald Trump and, and no disrespect, Brian, whatsoever. Oh, so, no, not at all, Mike. <laughs> So my, my my biggest I don't, concern. I don't think I don't think Brian wants to have beers with him. <laughs> no, 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 no. I get I get it. I, I'd have saying, a beer with him. <clears throat> I'm just <laughs> you were pretty. Uh, I mean, I'll play golf with him, but I, I just want to say to to Audra's point, like 
I don't think a guy like Donald Trump can can have that conversation that Audra's talking about. Like the way I hear Donald Trump speak, it's so divisive and he's he's you know, it's so negative and and polarizing. I'm having a hard time understanding how right. we get a um, you know, a hardcore Trump supporter to get on that train. And maybe Brian, you can answer that question for us um since we have you here. Yeah. Um so I'm I'm a Trump supporter because I believe in his his policy. I believe in in his his business acumen. Um, you know, yes, there's a lot of stuff out there, and I don't pay attention any I don't pay any attention to the media, all the propaganda, all the stuff that's thrown out there. I just don't pay attention to it. I do my own research. I'm a researcher. I always have been, and you know, and as a small business owner and as a marketer, I have to be a researcher because I right. have to research clients and audiences and there's so many analytics that I have to research that that's what I do. So I believe in Trump's business acumen. I believe he's done great things for this country. Do I respect him as a person of the bullshit that comes out of his mouth on Twitter and everything else? No, I don't. I don't respect him for that. I don't agree with it. I I think he needs to keep his mouth shut. I think he needs to let Kaylee speak for him completely. Um, Uh, and, and I do. I, I think if he kept his mouth shut this whole time, I truly believe this would be a landslide election on his. It very, it very well may. I very well may. It, I, you, I truly you believe could, that. You could but be I right think because that. he he's so outspoken and he's and he has no filter and he's not he afraid to speak his mind. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And going yeah, back to what totally. you said, Audra. Going back to what you said, I I completely agree with you as far as policy goes. Uh, because I remember the times, and even when I was a child and, and with my kid and m- my parents, I remember speaking about who you supported in an election, who you voted for was sacred. It was right. taboo to talk about. Right. right. And, right. and somehow, well, and I'll, I'll tell you this because Mike and I talked about this is, um, you know, I, because I'm a tech guy and the technology revolution really completely changed the paradigm of how society communicates Absolutely. and how we voice our opinions and how we show emotions. Um, and this is something that I want, you know, I talked to Mike about, about doing a show about is how technology has transformed society over the past 20 years. And it's transformed it completely in a direction that is, is it, it's, it's a negative connotation to what we are as human beings and how we should act. So are you say, you're, you're saying that it is caused because of social media and because of uh, our, you know, ability to communicate so prolifically that we're seeing the darker side of humanity and it, it's causing, it's kind of like a snowball effect. Yes, absolutely. We are seeing the dark side of humanity because it's, it's so easy for me to, go on my phone and, you know, talk about what I'm feeling and talk about politics and talk about, you know, my next breakup or talk about. You're talking about technology in terms of social media, technology in general for me, for my profession and mental health has opened the world up to amazing things. People who don't live in rural areas, who don't have money for transportation, who don't, aren't able to spend the time to drive to an appointment and drive home. They have kids, they have families, whatever. 
Technology has opened up the world for my profession. This pandemic has done a world of good. We realize that we need more mental health help. We're getting access to more mental health help. We're understanding Mm -hmm. more mental health. So I think technology, we do need to like sparse it out in terms of social media, way different issues than technology in general in terms of like, like what we're doing now. You know, no, so I agree. No, Audra, I agree. So yeah. the whole revolution of how technology has changed society as a whole is what I'm talking about. So social media in itself has been a detriment to society. But do I support it? Absolutely, because that's part of my business. That's how I make a lot of money for my clients. But at the same point, social media has replaced old media, old mediums of newspapers and magazines and and, you know, and stuff like that. It's changed the way, you know, uh, society communicates, really. Right. There's no, you know, face-to-face interactions. I mean, even the way corporations hire um, using these recruiting tools, like technology is great because it helps them, it helps them filter out the, the people that may not qualify. But at the same time, because I, when I was in the corporate world and I was an executive manager, I never used any of those because I wanted to get to know somebody regardless of what their resume said, because that, the, because I truly believe a person that may not have 100% of the qualifications for the job is probably the better person for the job than the person that has a hundred percent qualifications for the job. So because, because, but because of their skills, yes, because of their soft skills, because of their communication skills, you know, I mean, the new generation, and my kids are 18 and 22. My kids have the worst communication skills, and it drives me crazy. And I try to teach them. I've tried to t- tell them, you know, but it's something that, you know, I can help with that, by the way. I'm just kidding. Yes, I know you can. And, you know, and Audra. And plug there. <laughs> no, but no, Audra, I would love to talk to you because, I mean, yeah, me this, you know, something that I've struggled with all my life, and it's, it, and, I talked about this. I opened up about this last year on actually on all of my social media to my fans and everybody is that something that I've dealt with since I was at the age of 16 was depression and anxiety. And it's something that I've lived with with all of my life. And it's something that I was medicated for, for about 10 years of, of my life. And I decided one day that I got off that medication because I felt like it was worse for me than 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 any good so but i taught myself how to deal with my emotions and how to deal with my low points and my high points and everything else so i found another outlet you know my mother is buddhist so i reached out to my mom and i learned a lot of her practices and as far as meditation and and learning how to you know really channel your inner energy when you feel something like that and you know today Yes, I still have episodes because it's never going to go away, but I know how to deal with it when it hits me. Right. So, and especially during this pandemic, it's probably, the pandemic has probably been the, I mean, the, the cases of mental illness and depression and anxiety and, and suicide and everything else has probably skyrocketed. I don't know the statistics, yeah. but I'm yeah. sure you it's know, horrible. but yes, it's yeah. been tough to deal with, you know, personal life and, and try to balance you know, balance children and, and balance a job and running a business and your business is struggling because all of your clients are gone and everything right. else. So, you know, a lot of that, that all of that comes down on somebody that deals with a mental illness like myself. It's a lot to handle. 
me being 49 years old now, I can deal with it now. Me being 20 something or even at 17 or 18, even one issue was a lot to deal with. And not everyone has that capability. But what I think the pandemic is just, you know, kind of revealed, like with racial unrest too, there's always been racial unrest. There's always been depression. There's always been all these things. It's just coming to light more now. And now Mm -hmm. we're going, okay, wait, like the education system too. Mm -hmm. Now we're kind of realizing, oh my God, it's really broken because we weren't able, forget how the pandemic was handled, whatever. I think, well, a lot of us have known it's been broken for a long time, but it's bringing to light these issues, depression, anxiety, the, the the racial issues and stuff like that. I think those are just because it's so magnified right now because of the pandemic, because of right. people's financial situations and all that. It's now coming to light in a better way. And stories like this are helpful, Not, but not everyone can get through it. Some people do need medication. Some people do need therapy. Some people, but we need they different do. outlets to be able to teach people what those options are so that we can get through things whether it's just regular right. stuff or it's pandemic right. stuff. And not so, to, no, not absolutely. to election not, stuff. Not to bring this back to politics, but because <laughs> it is election night, I'm going to. <laughs> yes. Um, one of the interesting things about what you guys are talking about, and this is something that the right and the left have been at each other's throats about, is this, you know, economy or COVID, economy or COVID, uh, you know, because the right's saying, well, you know, what about mental health? What about, you know, it's not just about the economy. There, there's a mental health component as well. I think it's well. the left that's saying that more than the right. Well, the, what, I, what I'm saying well, like, is like that- the right will say like, oh, the kids yeah. need to be in school because it's bad for their mental health not to be in school, <laughs> stuff like that. Exactly, exactly. Well, and, I think, and I think to your point that you brought up earlier, Audra, at, in politics, we have to do a better job of stepping outside of just our own experience. And so we need to look into the experiences of others and, and realize that, you know, just shutting everything down, keeping kids out of school, you know, there are kids who need lunch. There are kids who who do not thrive in, in these closed down environments. And we have to figure out a way to, uh, to find balance. Absolutely. And I think that's the hardest lesson that we've learned. Um, sorry, go ahead. It has to do with the way our society is structured. There are a lot of moms out there who never sign up to be at home teachers right. and they cannot deal oh, with absolutely it. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. So, right. That's very true. Yeah. You know, right. there's, so there's, oh, there's yeah. a couple of things. A couple of things I just kind of want to point out through that conversation, going as far back as, as Brian's initial introduction, um, and I'll try to do it real quickly, and you guys can respond to me here. But so, Brian, one of the things that uh, that you said was that it was 2016-17 that things really started to kind of move back forward for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, I think that one of the things that we could talk about, should talk about to a degree, were the uh, Trump tax cuts because. For certain businesses, those were incredibly effective. Uh, for others, uh, especially Fortune 100 companies, they don't pay taxes anyway, so that works okay for them. Yeah. Um, I, and then uh, the other thing, Audra, that you mentioned about the differences. So I'm with you, Brian. On I honestly, I think social media is a modern day devil. I just do. I mean, I think it's changed the way we communicate. But that being said, uh, so Audra, I'll tell you, my my mother in law is a uh, mental health counselor as well. And uh, the opportunity to use a, a telecom system yeah. to treat patients, patients that don't want to leave the house in the first place exactly, yeah. on one side, all the way through people who, hey, maybe you don't even want your office if, you know, because, yeah. you know, um, it, it does, it, it increases the breadth of those who are able to get the counseling yeah. they need in the first place. So there's a lot of good there i don't think technology as a whole is ever bad unless it's in the hands of like mark zuckerberg um 
Yeah, uh, and then, I'll be able to agree with that one. And then yeah. the, the follow-up uh, that kind of brings this all together, because I'm totally with you, Brian, I really think that allowing corporations, well, not just corporations, but really just businesses as a whole to have a little bit more operating income is a, is a net positive um, until it's, you know, Google, Apple, these guys who are just, they're already offshoring everything to get your hand on the in the first place. So if we can take those kind of tax cuts and ensure that they uh, benefit like mid-sized business, small and mid-sized businesses the most, I will stay completely supportive of that forever, forever, yeah. you know, and, and, and I'm a, I'm a middle of the roader just like you are. I, I truly am. I mean, I've, I've, I vote both Republican and Democrat in the course of my life. Um, in this case, I will tell you just from a personal standpoint, uh, I, I have, I have had to kind of set my own interests aside to go. I just can't be on that boat anymore, you know? Um, mm-hmm. just, just, for, just, just for the Trump administration, but, I, but I'm, I'm far closer to the, to the middle of the line than, than most of it, than, than actually really pretty much anyone else on the, on the panels. Um, but I feel for people, I feel for people, you know, I, I don't ever want anyone to feel like they have to live in a nation that's led right. by someone who would probably assault them if uh, they had the opportunity. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a half of one, six dozen of the other, not six dozen. Half a dozen. Half a dozen. One and six of the other. <laughs> there you go. But you anyway, go. that was that was just my response to all of that. And uh, did Mike just abandon us? Perfect. It was a perfect time. Chris, yeah, take over. Time. Go. We've got so, a bathroom break. Um, <laughs> I do want to bring something up. I, I want I want everybody's opinion on this. So my biggest thing about Democrats is that Democrats, like their agenda is always to tax Tax, higher tax the rich or corporations you know it's always a higher corporate tax or it's higher you know taxing um i forget what they call it uh people that make money off the stock market um oh capital gains capital yeah. gains sorry and, and Thank see, you. see i believe that that should so, change yeah no go ahead it, continue it, please so it needs to change because this is what i try to uh, teach people is that Taxing corporations, taxing the higher tax brackets, what have you, business owners, whoever that make, you know, all these corporations like Walmart or what have you. So my perspective on this is that, and just from my economically and my analytical brain, is that when you tax these corporations and you jack up their taxes as far as corporate tax and capital gains, where do you think they're going to get that money back? They're going to hit they're going to increase prices. They're going they, to increase. They're going to do what they need to do. Yeah. They're yeah. going to do what they need to do to get that money back. You're and they're going to pass it on to the consumer and who's going to get hurt the most, the lower and middle class. So well, they, their Yeah, exactly. So their taxes may not be increased, but essentially they're still going to be directly affected by the higher tax I, I actually, bracket of the corporation. I actually, I actually disagree with that. Well, so, so I, I disagree with that too. Well, go ahead, Mike. I'll let you finish first. No, I, and I brought this up because that's the way I think, but I want to know right. your opinion. Well, no, no, no. And I understand that. And that's, that's the classic, that's the classic economic thinking that if trickle you know, down if, economics, yeah, trickle down economics. Exactly right. And so the problem with that thinking is it's the idea that 
there's still not going to be competition because there still will be competition. Even even when you hike up taxes on corporations, they still have to compete with other people who are going to try to sell those products at better prices and try to get those consumers to buy their goods. So they're, they can't just arbitrarily jack up prices. That's not how it works. They have to they have to compete in the marketplace to get people to buy their products. So you can, and, and you're a marketer, you know this, you can improve yeah. your marketing. You can, people will pay more for ridiculous shit because the marketing is better. You know that. So they don't yeah. have to necessarily compete up on price. It doesn't have to be a race to the bottom just because you have higher taxes. And remember during the Obama administration, you actually saw as good, if not slightly better of a stock market under the Obama administration than you're seeing now currently under Trump. And so this idea that you can't have one or the other, I don't think it's I don't think it's exactly right. And when you do, when you do cut those taxes, the, it's not going to better salaries. It's not going to um, take it's care of the people. It's going to the shareholders. And as somebody who's a an investor knows, and I'm an investor mm -hmm. as well, you know, you're gonna you're gonna see you're, you're gonna see a boon there. But it's not necessary. They're still going to have to compete, and they're still going to. Um, you know, they're still going to have to compete in the marketplace. And, the and, and what, what I'll add to that is not only will they still have to compete, but ultimately what you're going to find is, and don't get me wrong, Brian, I do agree with you that very frequently those tax increases, particularly at the corporate level, do get passed on to the consumers. That being said, most of the time when that starts to occur in a particular industry, uh, airline industry is a great example. Uh, mm -hmm. At one point, they actually passed additional legislation that forced the airline industry to disclose which part of your ticket went to taxes and fees that were put forward by the federal government. And as soon as they forced that through, then airline prices dropped even more significantly because consumers weren't going to put up with it. They got pissed off, and the airlines that were doing that more than the others were the ones who were getting punished. Because if I have to pay $100 for my actual service – but 35 of it goes towards taxes and fees. I'd rather pay 100 bucks, 120 bucks for the service and less towards taxes and fees, right? And as we've seen, mm -hmm. telecoms have to disclose that. It actually ends up being really, it can be punitive for the companies that do it. Um, what I will say on the other side, and my biggest concern is not about, um, again, small and mid-sized companies. I really don't think that they should have the corporate tax go back up to 35%. 22% is very good if everyone's paying 20%, but you, the, the Fortune 100 companies are still not paying 22%. Exactly. Well, Bezos isn't mm -hmm. paying anything. Right. right. Yeah. I mean, he paid less Trump or less taxes than Trump did, and Trump paid less taxes than I do most months. Which is why I'm going to ask myself the question, uh, excluding Biden and Trump, <laughs> of all the candidates who ran in the primary this year, who would be your choice for president and why? Uh, mine was Andrew Yang. And the reason that I like Andrew Yang... <laughs> I, like I think we all like Andrew Yang. I mean, I'm Asian, I so you know who I am. <laughs> Make America think again. Um, yeah, I, I, mean, I do. I, have, I do. I think he's great. No, yeah. actually, let, I like. Let me Andrew let me Yang. just say one. Let me just say one point. I'll turn it over to you guys. So so yeah. so my my point is this: is that what what Andrew Yang proposed was a VAT, a value added tax, and the whole purpose of the value added tax was to take to tack on a penny here or a penny there to every Facebook ad, to every um, Amazon purchase. To so basically every single you know, if you're a country, you have you have things that you produce. You have GDP. You have something. So for example, in like Norway. 
Um, they have oil. And so they can have a mixed economy over there. They have capitalism and then they have a lot of social programs and they use a VAT to tax the oil and that money goes back into the social program. So the Andrew Yang's idea was not to just blanket and just tax the shit out of all the companies. It was to put a small value added tax on America's exports, the things that we do well, our innovation, our technology. And by doing that, you could then put that money back okay. to the bottom floor of people and allow and allow those people to, to, to be lifted up. And and so when you have $1,000 a month going to a very poor family, now they're mobile. They can move out of the shitty city that they're in. If and they can they have, survive if something bad happens. They can survive if something bad happens. They're not destitute if this happens or that happens. Emergency. Yeah. emergency car repair. Emergency uh, car repair. And, and a perfect and example it just, of that. It, it just lifts the bottom up equally, right? Everyone mm -hmm. gets it. Nobody doesn't get it. And we're just – it's a penny here and a penny there on our biggest producers. So and, I just had to get that out there. And so, so I think a perfect example of that here in the United States was the taxation was put on marijuana and Colorado has gone to subsidize the education. And it's been huge. It's been fucking huge for what's Absolutely. gone on in Colorado. And I will take, and because I'll tell you right now, I am not a big supporter of increasing minimum wage. I'm probably the minority here for that. But no, I, yeah, you're I, not. I don't believe, I, I, I think the middle class needs a little bit more love right now than than anyone else does. That doesn't mean that I think that anyone should ever go hungry and not have a roof over their head. But I would much rather see a universal basic income or a value-added tax that goes to subsidize programs to help than just a blind increase in minimum wage. Because people who are already making, they're trying to build themselves up and move forward, they get hurt the most by minimum wage. The guy's already making 400 grand a year, that doesn't really affect him. But no, this is where education comes in because someone like me, psych major, so I'm not going to come here, Same here. I'm not going to, I don't know the, the, all the, ta whatever. I've always thought like, oh, minimum wage, minimum wage. But then when Andrew Yang came out and said universal basic income, I was like, oh, what's that? So it just goes to show that there are lots of different ideas that we can start throwing out there that it doesn't have to be the way we've always done it. it doesn't have to be the way that we think it should be. There's, there's lots of different varied ideas about how we should go, you know, and how we should do things like yeah. that. But corporate, I mean, corporations not paying the taxes that they need to, and not, not just not the taxes, actually, what my more concern is taking care of their workers. You know, right. when there's, you know, when there's COVID, when there's issues, are they taking care of their people? That's more my issue than, than anything to do with with money or taxes or anything else but there are there are inequities in our tax laws and unfortunately when we talk about at least this is just my like very limited view so like part of the stimulus plan was to help small businesses whatever that that passed back you know six months ago whatever it was okay yeah the the ppp ppp right and then they didn't put any like you know um a lot they did put a lot of regulations on it so then there was, it and there was no risk so when you talk about like, okay, we're going to do a tax increase or we're going to do a this, we need to have more regulations, which I know upsets people on the right. That's, we don't want more regulations, but honestly, we can't trust people to do the fucking right thing. Okay. Mm -hmm. There are still people that light up a cigarette near, near the gas station. Okay. So, you know, I mean, unfortunately, I know, listen, I really wish that we could trust people to do the right thing. But when you talk about things like, you know, um, I mean, just things like that, even, you know, you know, about smoking near a gas station. I've, I've known people who walk two feet away from a gas station and start smoking a cigarette. 
I'm like, are you, you know, but that's why there's signs and there's why, that's why there's, you know, all these things out there and all these rules and laws and regulations. Cause we, we can't tell right. every restaurant, you have to keep your food at this regulation temperature. You have to heat it to this temperature. You have to have so many like, you know, outlets and you have to have so many fire extinguishers and all that stuff because people don't follow the fucking rules. So unfortunately, <laughs> no, 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 you're right. If we're going to give money out or we're going to have taxes or we're going to, whatever we're going to do, it doesn't matter. We need to make sure that it is fair, number one. Number two, it's affecting the people that have the smaller to mid-sized businesses first and the individual people first and not the corporations. Pe- right. Corporations are not people. Corporations don't well, deserve to be slammed. They don't deserve to – They don't deserve Legally, to- unfortunately, they are people, and until we fix that, we have an issue. Okay, that's true. Hey, Florida, hey, in Florida, we don't follow rules. Where are you in Florida? Well, that's true. Obviously. <laughs> Brian, where are you in Florida? <laughs> Brian, where are you in Florida? I'm in Orlando with same okay. place, Mike. Yeah. And, and Brooks, where are you? I'm in Sanford, so I'm in Florida, sort of. Okay, and I'm in Jacksonville. So we got Florida we're, So we're all Florida. This is Florida. We're waiting to see Jacksonville. some Jacksonville, hey, so I, I want to break. Let me, let me real quick. I just want to piggyback on Audra's point because Audra's point is that you can't trust corporations to do the right thing. And that is <laughs> fucking true. You cannot no, trust – you, you cannot trust Sorry. corporations to do the right thing. So you have to have regulations when it comes to clean water, clean air. These are important measures that Speed our grandchildren signs. are going to Ugh. be inheriting from us. And if we're not taking the initiative governmentally, we're going to have huge problems. And I cannot I cannot break down how many things we take for granted every day that progressives and liberals have done to ensure that the, that people follow the fucking rules and do the right thing. Now, I get I get conservatism. I get the idea that we need to be able to take um, take if we put too much regulations and strangle businesses, we're going to kill them. But remember, it's think of it like a like a campfire, right? You need the right amount of air for the campfire to work. If you put right. too much kindling on it, it's Gonna, it's gonna too much air. It's gonna go fucking haywire and burn down the goddamn forest. And unfettered capitalism will burn down the goddamn forest. And if we're not aware of that, then we're not going to create any sort of regulations that are going to keep that from happening. But if you want to have good campfires, if you want to have all these small businesses working properly, right. you need to give them air. And so I understand. Laws. People didn't even want drinking and driving laws when that first came about. Oh no, and you still have to have that, crossing guards to let the little kids make it home from right. school or they get fucking yeah. run over. So I, I think I think to it's go back hard. to cannot you cannot we cannot have small government. We just can't, not in a country this size, not with the amount of regulations we need, not with the amount of things that happen and all the different companies. Well, we, Brian. we just can't. We can't, well, I'm sorry. You know, Audra, you have you have your your government has to be as large as your corporation, right? These are the columns upon which Right. We as a nation have to, to sit. And if we don't have a foundation that is a combination of our judiciary legal system, our our businesses, our government, and our fourth column is supposed to be uh, our journalists. And I think they're trying to refigure that one out. But, you know, yeah. you're yeah. right. Yeah, there's small, a problem there. Small government only works so well as this, as it can, I don't want to say control, but moderate the power of the most powerful and if you've got the Jeff Bezos of the world running around doing whatever the hell they damn well please, someone's got to be able to check them. And it has not been the Republican Party at all. And, and even the Democratic Party hasn't done a very good job. And I'm, I'm sorry we lost Brian on this one because I'll tell you, people were pissed off that, that Trump only pays $750 in taxes or whatever. 
Well, those are our effing rules, man. So no, if, that's true. If, if now, now some of it is in other nations. Now some of his years <laughs> might have been, you know, corruption, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But sometimes those are the those are the rules. And he actually may have followed the rules. If those are the rules and that's what he paid, Whoa. you need to change the rules. The rules need to change. The loopholes need to be closed. And that's the biggest issue, Very right? True, and that's why, because here's the thing, you know, the, the Mikes and Bryans of the world, these guys are out here busting their ass trying to make a good living and take themselves from, you know, I, I don't know your background, Brian, and I, I know some of yours, Mike, but you know, imagine coming from lower middle class, middle class, and you just want to get to that next level. It's really hard to do when you're paying 20, 30 percent, 35 percent in in federal taxes, federal income tax. And mm -hmm. then the fucking president and Jeff Bezos are paying less than you are. Right. How about I have a master's degree in mental health counseling and I can't afford insurance? Right. No, I can. I'm sorry. I can. Because of the Affordable Care Act. Deductible. Wait, say that again? $10,000 deductible. The insurance that I can afford to pay every month is yeah, let's, not talk about, let's not get started on Obamacare. No, for entrepreneurs, well, no, no, Obamacare. I'm just saying in general. The whole yeah. point is that, you know, we, we have got in a society that is not balanced, okay? I'm not saying take all the money from rich people and give it all to the people that are poor. But we've got to start understanding that there's got to be a better balance, whether it's sure. UBI, whether it's um, increasing minimum wage, whether it's whatever it is, we have well, got to get to a point where someone right. who has a master's degree can afford insurance. Right. And I think that's why I think that's why we need to ensure that we're having conversations like this like across this. the aisle. Because yeah, if we're not having conversations like this across the aisle, there's no way that we can find, figure out better ideas. And even like we're just not able to communicate those ideas in a way that the uh, the opposition would understand. So well, you, if we can begin to do that more and more, you know, after this election, I think we had Jason on earlier, and this is exactly what he was talking about. We need to be able to communicate with people yeah. who don't think like us and who don't agree with us and listen to them and give, yeah, yeah, you know, and, and create an intellectual conversation yeah. that we can sharpen each other's. we got to reduce that volatility, right? You know, and, I, and I, I think the thing that goes along with that, especially when we talk about taxation, is there is a very large group of people in this world who, well, in this nation, who don't really understand how the marginal tax system works. They think right. that if we increase taxes, it's for every dollar that you make right. income on, which is not the case. And then on top of that, the other thing that really blows my mind is, and you know what, let's do, here's, here's a, it's not political trivia for you, for you, Mike, but... I guess it is, is taxes. What What is the income dollar amount that you would have to be to be a one percenter in the United States? What would your yearly income have to be to be a one percenter? Do uh, any of you guys know? What, what What would your income need to be to be a one percenter? To be a one percenter. Uh, it's in the billions. Yeah. A billion? Uh, no, 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 not, no, not your net worth. Your yearly uh, income. Oh, I've not. Yeah. Now. Uh, fuck, I don't know. No idea. Give me a guess. Somebody, somebody, give me a guess. Uh, to, uh, you need to make ten million, uh, twenty million dollars a year to be a one percent. Oh no, no, it's way lower than that. It's way lower okay. Than that. Yeah. Right. But a lot of people think that if you're making like one hundred and fifty, two hundred thousand dollars a year, you're a one percenter. Oh no, 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 no. No. The most unfortunate part is people who just seem to know that they're going to be making. Well, and that's the thing, right? You've got all these really, really poor people who vote on things based on the idea that like next week they're suddenly going to, uh, you know, 
be a uh, multinational conglomerate. Like just like that. I, w- I want to go back and address this issue of minimum wage. Um, and so when I was when I was uh, living out in Oregon, we had a fantastic minimum wage uh, for even servers. Um, I would I would make twelve dollars an hour Ooh, plus boy. tips. And Whereas this was you, Georgia, so it was like nineteen forty six. When I was in Georgia, we went. When I was in Georgia, we made two thirteen <laughs> an hour plus tips. Wow. In Oregon or in Washington, I was making twelve dollars an hour plus tips. Now, it did. It was difficult to get the job. So you're you're increasing the like you're you're making it harder on business owners to um, you know hire people who can't who they can't afford who you know like sure. the entry level jobs. It's, it's very a good difficult. Job and, and, they're, and they're labor competitive. And their labor right. costs go and, and Right, and there's an inflation issue involved there, and and all of that sort of stuff. So. You know, I, I think minimum wage is important, I think, but it should be on a local basis. I have a hard time with the federalized minimum wage because every economy is different. No, but it is local. See, here's the problem. This is my problem with it. We have a federal minimum wage and then like like Florida has a minimum wage that's higher than the federal minimum wage. You can go higher. Right. Every state can go higher than the, than the, the bottom amount. So there's a federal right. amount, but every state can do whatever they want. They can keep it at that level, or they can go high. Like Florida's like a like a dollar. Yeah, don't more you think? An hour don't you think a fifteen dollar an hour minimum wage federally is arbitrary across the country? I have no freaking clue, to be honest with you. What to do? Honestly, I, I, I do. I'm not. I, I don't do the economics. Fifteen dollars an hour. Bernie Sanders has been advocating for, by the way, for like six or seven or eight years. Okay. Yes. So and now, I love Bernie, now we're advocating but... for twenty dollars. No, I don't. I don't think minimum wage increase is necessarily the answer, but there's got to be something that helps us even out the playing field for people, for people like small okay. businesses to yes. be able to compete with Amazon and stuff Absolutely. like that. Right, but at the same time, okay. you don't want people working three jobs. Just well, that's no, you don't. You don't. But that's why I think that's why I think a better solution is something like universal basic income, because then you're already getting something. And, and maybe it's not enough to ensure that even if you don't work, you're doing OK. But what it does do is it'll subsidize for everyone, right. not just those making minimum wage, their overall income. And right. so, I mean, not that I'm a huge believer in the old quote that a, raising t- or a high, rising tide lifts all ships, but certainly you're not just increasing inflation. And that's what I'm concerned about as someone who is, I would call myself somewhat comfortably middle class. Like I don't really want for anything, but if you increase minimum wage to 15 bucks, there's a lot of stuff I would have to decide not to do. It, that would be what well, happens. Yeah, and there's a lot of there's a lot of other factors involved there as as far as the fifteen dollar minimum wages as well, especially with small business. It, um, a fifteen dollar minimum wage will put a lot of small businesses out of business. <laughs> Absolutely, because they won't yeah. they won't be able to afford to pay employees. So one, they either shut the doors, or two, the mom and pop or husband wife or whoever might be running that business will have to run it completely. They have to on put it all own. on their shoulders. His or her on his own. Right. Yeah, and I mean, that's too much for one person. In, so in theory and what you're saying, I completely agree with. And the conservative view mm. on minimum wage totally equals out on paper. But having lived in Oregon and Washington, having worked for mom and pop businesses in Oregon and Washington, 
they succeed. They do fine. So in practice, I haven't seen it pan out that way. I can understand that a truck stop in the middle of Montana would have a fucking hard time surviving with a $15 minimum wage, but... Yeah, and let me just Which is why it shouldn't be federal, which is why it should be state to state. Yeah, even more localized. Yeah, absolutely. It is. There's a a federal minimum, and then the states can go beyond that if they want to. So I know that's not what you mean. I gotcha. So no 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 I, I no I think everyone's saying the same thing. So you're say, what you're saying is you need a federal minimum yes. wage, right? Minimum, and yeah. then you have and then you have a state by state minimum wage that can be higher than that yeah. particular minimum wage. Now the question is, should it be fifteen dollars an hour, or was that was that number picked out of a hat? And I will tell you that you know when I bring people into my businesses, <laughs> you know I'm if I'm I'm paying them fifteen bucks an hour, no doubt, like at least fifteen bucks an hour day one. You're making fifteen bucks an hour, but I'm not hiring. You know I'm not hiring kids who are sixteen, seventeen, eighteen years old because I'm looking hiring for people, skilled workers. I'm yeah, hiring yeah. skilled yeah. workers, and I think that's something to be considered because my kids are now of age that they're going to get a job, and I guarantee you, my kid wouldn't have got the job he has today. If the minimum wage was fifteen dollars an hour, they would not have chosen him. They would have chosen somebody who's more skilled, and he would never have the ability to enter the workforce. So this is a real these these are real questions that need to be fleshed out. They shouldn't just be set up on a bully pulpit from either the right or the left. These are complicated economic questions. They, they very much are, and and one of the things that I've always um, uh, they really came out in the probably the late nineties, early two thousands was the question that. You know, America has become for a long time such a decentralized nation where we were expected to live in the suburbs with your, you know, three bedroom, two bathroom house and your 2.5 kids and the white picket fence. But there's a lot of people who live in, in Europe or South America or somewhere else. And the idea of owning a home just sounds absurd to them. Right. That's not something maybe own an apartment or own a condo or something along those lines. But we set the bar at a certain level because at one point in time, the baby boomers saw that as the pinnacle of success. And if their kids don't go and do that, then they're not successful. And I call, I call bullshit on that. Mm. You know, I think that you can, like, like, I I mean, I waited tables back in, I got, I can't remember what year now, 93, 94, I guess I used to wait tables. It was two 13 an hour because it's half of minimum wage, which was four twenty an hour, whatever. Plus tips or whatever. Well, the minimum wage for a lot of servers in most states is still true 13 an hour. That was mm-hmm. what, I don't know how many years ago. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's actually increased. It's 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 like 525 or yeah. something like that. Oh, no, 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 but no is it dude. lower? It has is it lower? Inflation or whatever. So, so can I just clarify something real quick? Yeah, please, so, please. In, in different states, serving jobs have a different minimum wage than other jobs. Tip jobs have a different minimum wage right, than right, other jobs. Yeah. So in Georgia, I believe it went up to like 313. I think it's 313 now in Georgia for a tipped position. Um, I know Florida's higher than that. I know for a fact that Florida's higher than that. I don't know exactly what it is, but I know it's because when I was a server, uh, actually just six, seven years ago, uh, I was making five eleven an hour plus my tips. As a server? As a server, yeah. And I think it's gone up since then. But let me give you guys an instance of, of something yes, that I can. It is, it is 545 for a tip position in, uh, in Florida. Go Florida. Yeah. <laughs> So listen, this is actually kind of interesting. So I have a client uh, that I had been seeing earlier. It, you know, well, I just finished saying. Anyway, 
she obviously, before the pandemic, she had lost her job. So she was on unemployment. So then, you know, when unemployment increased for that period of time or whatever. And she was getting like 1200 bucks a week or a month or something like that. Or like no, a week, a week. 600 a week or, or whatever it was. Anyway. It was it was 600 a week federal. And then what was it? The normal 275. So she was making like 900 bucks a week. So she was out of work. It wasn't whatever it was. Anyway, it was she was out of work about a month before all that extra started, right? Mm-hmm. When all that extra started, she saved all that money. Started her own business, got off Medicaid, off unemployment, off everything, and was able to start her own business. That's awesome. And, and it was amazing. And then I had another client because of the pandemic. They cut her hours, which cut her insurance, and so I couldn't see her anymore. So obviously that was bad too. But for that short amount, even that short amount of time that they gave that extra money for the, uh, and I'm not saying that's the right thing to do. What I'm saying is she was able to start her own business right. and run her own business, which she's been wanting to do for 20 years. And, you know, I just feel like those types of opportunities, when we talk about universal basic income or we talk about different things like that, yeah. those things can really help people get on their feet in a way that they can't do otherwise. Amen and I'm not saying what the right thing is to do. I'm just saying that there are well, right. Things that when those thing when when those uh, things are put in place that people are able to accomplish things. She doesn't have a degree. She doesn't have a lot of you know knowledge in certain areas that maybe you know other people have or whatever. She sure. Start her own business oh. and get off get off food stamps, get off unemployment, and get off you know everything, Medicaid and everything. So I you know I just think that there are ways for us to better people to allow them to do the things that they want to do, to start their own business or exactly. do they want to do, go back to school or whatever. Here's my bipartisan plan. <laughs> so <laughs> go for uh, the whole free education thing for a bachelor's degree and stuff, I completely agree with. Education is expensive. That The cost of education prevents people from bettering themselves. Yes, absolutely. So how do you find a happy medium between a $15 an hour minimum wage blanket versus right. not putting a Band-Aid on something where you prevent people from improving themselves? The happy medium is free education. The happy medium is, you know, putting like regulations and policies or whatever you need to do to, to get people qualified for this free education so that they can better themselves and then they can make more money. Um, make them work for it. Don't just give it to them. Well, so, but are, are you like, saying that if a $15 an hour minimum wage was available, that people wouldn't want to earn degrees? No. Because what I'm saying is $15 an hour minimum wage should be an incentive for somebody to want to earn it. I'm old school. I've earned everything I have. I I grew up very, very poor. I had one outfit in school. My mom washed it every single freaking day. Okay. So I've earned everything I've had. I've lost it and I've made I've made millions. I've lost millions. So I've gone up and down as a roller coaster, you know, throughout the years. I've learned my lesson. I've learned, you know, I've I've taught myself things, different things. So everything should be earned. Nothing should be given. Nothing should be a band-aid. So People, uh, and this is my problem with things that happen in the United States, is is the poor, um, the people that are in poverty, are given way too much 
leniency or way too much money without programs to help them improve their situation. So the government, you, you our just tax dollars. Li- you just stuck a liberal nerve right in my fucking back. So, sorry. No, 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 wait. Let me finish. I actually agree with some of that too. Let me finish. I will. So, I will. yeah. So, but what I'm basically saying is that somebody on welfare, there should be a limit. There should be programs in place where they can improve themselves to make a situation better for themselves, but they have a time limit. With, with you know, welfare, there's no time limit. You can sit on welfare. And there's, and trust me, I, I've done research and I've seen situations around the country where, where people are taking advantage of our welfare system and making six figures a year collecting welfare from the government because that's, that's not what I'm there's with. no six cap figures. on it and they can sit there and have kids and they can sit there and have more kids and they can collect all of this money. So there needs to be a cap on everything and there needs to be a program in place, I feel, there needs to be a program in place to where people can better themselves and better their life for their family and their situation. And they're not, not sitting back just living off of the government and our okay. tax dollars. Let me, well, so, address, let me, let me, yeah, let me Mike, go ahead. go ahead. Let me address that. So what I, I have a couple things to say to that. So one, I agree that you need to incentivize people. There's nothing, there's nothing that is, um, you know, more anti-human, the human spirit, than than keep, than just giving people something for nothing, right? You need yeah. you need incentives to grow. You need incentives in life. Um, you know, I don't I don't agree that there's this mass conspiracy of all these people having all these kids and making all this money off welfare. I think that's a I think that's hugely overblown and out of proportion argument that I hear coming from the right so often. And I I it's just old Jim Crow I, stuff is what it yeah, is. Yeah, I, I don't really I, don't I really gotta buy find that. the article for you, Mike. I read so, an article about a a, a woman a, a a woman and her grandmother living in a home in Chicago. I will find the article. I will find oh, this. P- for please you. find the article. I will, no, I will find this. Let no, me no, find no. this and I will send it to you. So because I'm not I've doubting. seen situations like this where families I'm not like doubting this one can family sit back and have so many kids. But it, it could be a state thing. It doesn't mean it's a national no, thing. I, I'm not doubting. I'm not doubting that one family or a couple families figured out how to do it. I think as a whole, the system is not being abused as best has. However, one of the good benefits of something like uh, universal basic income is we get rid of the welfare system completely. Because if you're already getting universal basic income, that's your welfare. And it's a household basis, not a child-by-child basis. And you do not get incentivized to have children you can't afford to have. Yeah, I, I think I think again. I think I think this is an overblown, outdated argument that is not providing. Well, and, and here's the thing. Right and here's the thing. Because I, I agree with Nikki too. That right. she says no one on welfare is making six figures. Nobody I'm not, on welfare is making six fucking figures. I am not doubting. I'm not doubting the ingenuity and the capability okay. of new families from figuring out how to do that. Trust me, yeah, there are there's loopholes. There's loopholes in every program. Listen, sometimes you can be nothing more than a glorified reality TV show host and figure out how to be president. So if that's the case, then anyone can find out how to make six figures off of welfare. I wish right. everybody had the ability to start at the same starting point as Brian does. Okay. Then we'd be better off. 
so, not so everyone me, does. Yeah, I agree. So, Adversity so, breeds success. We've we've got a lot, lot of people we, that are not on that side. But okay, we, go ahead. We've got a lot of new guests to introduce. We've got a lot of a lot of conversation to go. Um, the last the last thing I want to say on this is to is to piggyback on Audra. The problem is with this line of trickle down economics thinking is that everybody starts at the same place. They do not. And to assume that, you know, and I, Brian, I understand what you're saying. You said you grew up poor and you made it. And, and I respect that. I respect the shit out of you for that. But that's not, that's not, you know, that, that's a personal experience. That's not a, that's not how you improve a society. You can't just expect people who, you know, live way underneath the means, start way behind everybody else to just catch up. And if they don't, they're just not strong enough, smart enough, hard enough, tough enough. Like, that idea, like it just doesn't work. You need to you need to figure out systems that, that create entire societies and create fruit for entire societies. So I, I want to welcome- rebut what you said, but go ahead and welcome your guest. Yes. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. I, I have something to say to that, but go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to welcome Chase Oliver. Chase Oliver. Um, hello, Chase. How hey, are Chase. you? Um, We're going to put Chase on the screen real quick. So Chase is somebody who in Georgia actually ran for a special election. Um, We're going to we're going to have Chase tell us Chase tell us a little bit about that in a second. I thought we had Nikki. I don't see her right now. Um, But Chase, we're going to we're going to dive into your story here in a second. I want to hear what you have to say about this topic in particular. And we've also got Don. Don, how the heck are you? What's up, guys? How's it going? I'm loving your background, dude. You are. I'm I'm digging it. (laughs) All right, got to be in the jungle. Yes. (laughs) So we've got we've got a lot of a lot of conversation to to bite off here. But I'd love to hear Chase's viewpoint on what we just said, and then I'm going to bring you in, Don, and then we'll give Brian a shot to to rebut. Okay. So I've been listening in for the last little bit, and uh, first and foremost, I just want to say preface this that I'm a libertarian. Uh, but when we're talking about welfare and corporate taxation and trickle-down economics, uh, first and foremost, yeah, I'm a believer that if you raise the corporate tax rate, that's going to get passed on to consumers. Uh, but the thing that we're not talking about here when we're talking about welfare is we're not talking about corporate welfare. And uh, if we're going to be talking about cutting any welfare first, it's corporate welfare because you can raise corporate taxes. And when you do that, what you're doing is you're affecting the small business, and the medium-sized business, but it's the large business who has corporate carve-outs and special interest tax deductions and, and all kinds of stuff like that. So they are not affected when we raise the corporate tax rate. It's the small and medium-sized businesses which drive the economy. So, uh, but, but when it comes to welfare, again, if we're going to cut any welfare, let's cut uh, corporate welfare first because um, I'm really, you know, I'm really sick and tired of seeing billionaires get carve-outs when there are people who are struggling. Now, if you're talking about uh, you know, how people don't start from the same place, this is absolutely true. And what we can do is we can ensure that there are the steps that people can take to move forward and move up in the economic ladder. There will never be a way to 100% start everybody at the same playing field. But what we can do is we can give everybody equal access to the ability to get into the marketplace, start building up their equity, create that generational wealth that is missing from so many households, especially households of color in this country. And that is because there is a a special interest uh, right now in the duopoly towards uh, helping out these giant corporate interests at the expense of the small and medium business. Many of time are mom and pop businesses, people of color, uh, people who are in the poorest communities of the country, just trying to 
get up that first rung of the economic ladder. What we need to do is we need to lower that first rung so that everyone can climb up. But you're never going to get everybody starting on the same rung of the economic ladder. So uh, that's just my opinion on this conversation that I've been hearing. Um, but yeah. Yeah, that, that was that was fantastic. Thank you, Chase. And I also want to welcome Nikki Madaluni. Nikki, how the hell are you? Thank you for joining us tonight. How's the... Uh, how, how, how are we doing? We've lost the politics. Are you, are you keeping an eye on things? What's going on? Nope. <laughs> I'm kind of terrified. I haven't been keeping an eye on any of it because I'm scared. Yeah, I'm, I'm scared as well. Yeah. So 8972 Biden is yeah. the current electoral count yeah. on CNN. Okay. Sorry, what is it? 8972. And he's, he, yeah. Trump is currently leading in Texas, Georgia, and Florida with uh, oh, 77 percent in Texas, 92 in Florida. We still have 600,000 votes out in Florida. The margin, I think, is only about 200,000 right now. Trump's yeah, I have. He's also leading Ohio right now. Trump is. Yeah, he's leading Florida, Texas, Georgia, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Michigan, Missouri, Iowa, Wisconsin. He's he's trailing North Carolina by about a thousand votes. Yeah. I mean, Man. if he if he has Florida, Pennsylvania, Texas, he don't need North Carolina. So you guys have heard about Fulton County in Georgia, correct? Correct. Uh, yeah. Yes. So there's a four-hour delay, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and right. in Pennsylvania, it's only 23% in. And the regions that are leading in Pennsylvania right now are the uh, rural regions. So yeah, yeah. we'll see Philadelphia, uh, Harrisburg, Pittsburgh catch up before the night. Yeah, yeah we'll like Wisconsin's going to be important. Also a fact. Yeah. Yeah, Wisconsin, Michigan. And, uh, and apparently then, Trump leads in Wisconsin. But there's almost no nothing reporting on Scott. Oh no, twenty seven. Yeah, okay. not yet. I mean, they haven't reported yet from Milwaukee not though. Yet. That's the, the big one, right? Yeah. Um, and and Trump is winning the the uh, popular vote. Correct. The West Coast hasn't come online yet, though. Yeah, no, they have. That changes immediately. Uh, yeah. yeah, because I don't know. They're so far up Pelosi's ass. I don't even know. <laughs> oh lord well, I, guess uh, I guess he's a bunch of alcoholics because we all know Pelosi likes to drink oh, I know. Like, uh, who here, who here doesn't like to drink yeah come like, on, come on. <laughs> <laughs> no I'm just a joke I'm just joking no, we uh, I'm a California boy so <laughs> and I hate that she's running she's ruining my state so <clears throat> Uh, yeah, Nicole says Georgia Fulton County has stopped counting mail-in ballots due to a pipe break. Atlanta counts. We should know tomorrow. <laughs> they said, yeah, they said it's going to be a four-hour delay. That's what, uh, wow. that's, what Alicia, right. that's what Alicia yeah. and Stacy said earlier. And uh, the thing but, about that is uh, that's that's going to be several hundred thousand votes for Biden. Uh, I don't know how many votes for Trump. Like six, six or seven, not yeah. hundred thousand. Like maybe six two, or seven. two or three. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> There's a few. Uh, but this is actually turning out to be way closer than I thought, boys and girls. The, oh, the night is still young. The night yeah, is still it young. is. Oh, it's way young. Yeah. Um, well, I, I'm going to recuse myself. Um, Nikki, nice to actually officially meet yeah, you. Yeah, I know. Brooks, what's up? That's all right. We'll, we'll get together all at some point and, uh, and, and chit chat. You know, um, when Chase, Corona's over. Yes, absolutely. Chase, uh, I want to remind you, or maybe I haven't said it before, I definitely have a crush on you. <laughs> um, and I'm straight most days. Uh, is it Dan? Don. Don, nice to meet you. Brian, good conversation. Audra as well, great Thanks, conversation. Brooks, Mike, I, love, been, I love the flower. Thank you. I, I'm a big, oh, awesome. I can't. My reverse camera screws me up. I love the bell pins are my thing. It's perfect. Um, perfect. But hey, love you guys. No matter who you voted for, I'm glad you voted. And uh, hopefully the yeah. whole country won't be on fire tomorrow morning. Hopefully. So, we shall see. Hey. Thanks, uh, Brooks. 
America. Fuck Have yeah. Good night. Cheers. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Cheers, brother. I guess I'm flipping more than districts over here. Yeah, Chase, you are. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Get it. Oh, well done, Chase. Well done. <laughs> you had to break the tension, right? Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's it's getting very very tense um, out here. So uh, uh, real quick, I want to um, I want to I want to go back to a little bit of a, a fun formula we've had for for the evening. Um, I'd like to direct this one uh, to Don. So Joe, could you bring Don up on the screen for us, please? Hey Don, what's up, guys? Hey man. All right, so I have a question for you. Shoot. Uh, excluding Biden and Trump of all the candidates who ran in the primary this year. Who would who would have been your choice for president and why? Yeah, so uh, so this year uh, I was definitely feeling the burn, man. So uh, Bernie Sanders was was my guy. Um, I didn't get to vote in the primaries because I'm in Florida and uh, Florida is a closed primary state. So not being affiliated, I couldn't vote. Um, however, uh, yeah, I, I really liked him. The reason why I really liked him. Uh, Oh man, how how long we got? <laughs> you got it. You got it. You're good. You're good. Uh, you know, I think I think some of the main big points that I, I really liked about him was um, he seemed to really care about the human being. Right. Um, so many of our politicians only care about uh, political power, uh, lobbyist interests, uh, money. And uh, I'm not saying that Bernie Sanders didn't, you know, he's a politician. Of course he does. But um, at least his track record and uh, how how he was busy uh, getting laws and bills and, and stuff in front of people and trying to get stuff passed. It seemed to me like he really gave a shit about people and and people he didn't even ever meet, you know. Um, and And to me, I feel like that's really what our country is lacking right now is just a, a, an overall compassion and empathy for the other, um, the other being another person um, that we've never met. And uh, it's it, if we actually cared about the other person that we have never met, probably never will meet, but we care about them and want their best interests as well, uh, I think we would be a lot less... Uh, uh, just on the on the like the ends of everything. Everything's like one or the other, left or right. And uh, I think no one is able to come together and see like, hey, we actually have a lot more in common than we think we do. Because <laughs> alas, we are all people with the same drives and the same needs and desires. And um, so that that was my biggest reason for liking him. The second one was. Um, yeah, he's, he's kind of got a clue about what's going on with our planet and, you know, how we're taking care of it or not taking care of it. And, uh, I, I really liked a lot of his ideas about how we could approach that and, um, try to get some, some things taken care of. Yeah, I, I agree. And I just want to say, um, when it comes to Bernie Sanders, we, we had the, uh, pleasure of stumbling upon a Bernie Sanders rally oh. when I was in Boston with my son this last Boy. summer. And cool. it was, dude, the energy that this yeah. man commanded 
was extraordinary. Like, I think if 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 the DNC would have got their head out of their ass in 2016, you would have seen you would have seen a, a Bernie Sanders presidency. And the way he commands a room, and the way he just lifts people up, and the energy that he creates is extraordinary. And I know that you know a lot of people are scared of the idea of democratic socialism, and I and I don't think that it's a great marketing term. Uh, but simultaneously, that dude, like, you know, I, I think he would have done great thing for our country. And for those people who think, and I, we talked about this earlier, for those people that think that he was going to turn the country communist or communist or we're going to turn to Venezuela, the president, you know, gets about 10% of what they want done. So this idea to me is just ridiculous. But but I agree with you. I think I think Bernie was the man. However, I was a, a was a number one Yang gang. Uh, yeah. Person. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you were. <laughs> it was about his policies. That was what it was. That's what people loved. It wasn't about yeah. him necessarily yeah. or whatever. There were policies that he brought about to people that, you know, I think that people really attached to, you know, even people mm-hmm. that don't necessarily believe in those ways of thinking, you know, and they might have different ways of thinking or whatever. He just, he, he brought, to, I think he brought a lot of issues to the forefront that we have not been talking about and now we're finally actually talking about him now, you know, years right. later, probably because yeah. of the pandemic and all and that. It, too. it is because of him. We have to attribute that to him. That's the totally. reason that more people are having some of those. Conversations. Well, I'm, I've been on the Bernie train for a while, so it's hard to. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, I, I got one uh, more question. I, I got one more question. Then I'll turn this over to a group convo and then we're, we'll, we'll kind of catch up a little bit on the, uh, uh, on the, um, the election, but this one's for Nikki. Joe, if you could uh, pull Nikki up. Uh, my question for Nikki is if you had a magic wand and could eliminate one of these items, what would it be? The electoral college, the filibuster, Lindsey Graham or citizens United. I mean, honestly, (laughs) the electoral college, I feel like that like gets rid of all of the other things. I agree. I mean, it just, it's, it's time. I mean, everyone thinks so. What what I'm curious what uh Brian I want to hear I want to hear from Chase is like no I I want to hear from the conservative in the room I want to hear from the conservative room Brian what do you what do you think about the electoral college do you think it's an antiquated system or does it keep getting your dudes elected Well I just for first of all just the gerrymandering sorry sorry. Sorry. (laughs) No 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 Nikki finish up please No just like the full on gerrymandering of it all Mm. I mean that's a huge Republican issue, and I mean, rid of all that. Yeah, in Georgia, um, like where you're from. Well, I mean, uh, that's where I live. It's what I've had right. to deal with since I've been a voter, which I right. voted in every single election, every small election, everything. So, I mean, okay. So, <laughs> if I want, if I'm going to speak to from the a lions. conservative that that gets my people elected, I want to keep the electoral college. But sure. Do, <laughs> but, but if we're going to keep with the system that was developed um, and, and we're going to have a popularity vote and we're going to have the people vote and give the, give security to uh, voters that their vote counts, I think we need to rely on a popularity voter or revamp the whole system and figure out a better way to do it. Um, I, I, truthfully, because I'm a tech guy, I think we need to incorporate technology into into the voting system and forget this paper bullshit and all of this other stuff. 
I think we need to figure out a way, a secure system or, or some sort, because we have the highest cybersecurity system in, in the world uh, to, uh, to prevent uh, on hacking, that we need to find a way really? to... Inc- we do. I mean, we do. It may not seem like it, but we do. I mean, I, I have friends that are hackers that work for the government, and there's no way we can prevent them. But from... You know, your general bullshit, yes. I mean, we can prevent it. We, we there, There's a security there. So I, I think we need to figure out a way to gain support to get more people to vote, to give people more confidence to come out and vote or to vote from the, from the you know, from the comfort of their own home or, or you know, their smartphone and their laptop. I mean, we're, right. we're voting. Our voting system is so old school. I mean, and I'm speaking from a tech guy because I'm a tech guy. You know, uh, the technology revolution has changed humanity and it's changed everything that we do for the good and for the bad. But, um, and, and it, you know, and this goes back to something that Mike said a while back, and I'm not going to get it too much into it, but um, technology has given us so much opportunity, so many people opportunity to monetize and make money in so many different ways, but we need to teach people how to do that. We need to incorporate, I I know I'm going off on a tangent here, but we need to incorporate, you know, um, you know, entrepreneurship into the school system. We need to teach people how to make money on their own and not rely on, you know, a paycheck and to have multiple streams of income. I mean, talk about and, voting. Does, no, I know does we're every vote voting. count oh, or does it not? So, but but th- I kind of went on a tangent as far as technology. So You did. So you got, you got, fu- you got 15 seconds to finish your okay. point. So electoral college, I think, really needs to go away. I think we need to find a new wow. system. Realistically, I need to, we need to find a new system. I, I completely agree. Yeah. Who, who else wants to jump in on Chase. that one? I got some, I got some things. So first of all, so I, so I appreciate these, if you could wave a magic wand, you'd get rid of the electoral college because that's the only way you'd ever get rid of it because it is, because no, because it's part of the United States constitution. So what we should be doing is instead we should work, be working state by state to adopt a proportional distribution of electoral votes based on each state. So that way you still have a proportional vote, uh, you know, if you get half the vote in the state, you get half the electoral votes. That's something you can pass on a statewide basis that passes constitutional muster because you're still using the electoral college, which is built into the Constitution, doesn't require you amending the Constitution, which is a huge effort and huge undertaking. Right. And guess what? None of the smaller states are going to be backing uh, getting rid of the electoral college. So and you have to have two thirds, I believe, of the state legislatures, not of the overall vote to, to amend the constitution. So why that's what you electoral college still works after well, all. These I, years? Okay. So I don't think it does, but I think that the only way you're going to be able to amend it is to amend and keep the electoral college, keep the electoral college as we have it, uh, not as we have it, but uh, make it more proportional because you can never eliminate it unless you do have a magic wand. The, uh, the, 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 the idea that you're going to, but the idea that you're going to get rid of the Electoral College via constitutional amendment just isn't realistic because you need two-thirds of the states to back that. And you're not going to get the South Dakotas, right. the, the North Dakotas, how all these small states. how could it look better, though? How? I mean, I'm so, being serious because I'm, I'm a psychic. So, yeah, so, so what you do is really you say, how. 
You know? Okay, so um, you know Pennsylvania has 20 electoral votes, right? Let's say the Democrat gets uh, 75% of the vote. It's very unlikely, but let's say they do. You right. give them 15 electoral votes. The other five go to the Republican who gets the remaining 25% of the vote okay. in a two-party in a two-party okay. race. Okay. I'd like to think the Libertarian would get a little so something, but, like but uh, <laughs> now changing it now, up even since the last election, right? Because we're no longer allowed to have what's it called. Uh, uh, they're not allowed to vote totally. Oh, so, so you're not allowed, you're no longer allowed. So there's a 2016 case that was handed down by the Supreme court that there, there can no longer be faithless electors, meaning that I can't, if, if my state chooses Donald Trump or Joe Biden, I can't go and throw my state's vote for Mickey, for Mouse. Mickey okay, Mouse, so Bernie Sanders, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not going to lie. That kind of bums me out just a little bit because um, because in 1972, the Libertarian Party got an electoral vote for John Hospers and Tony Nathan. And it's the first uh, it's the first electoral vote ever to go to a woman and also the first electoral vote ever to go to a gay man. So uh, unfortunately, like they got it through faithless electors. So I'm a little I mean, right. Just right. the deep inside of me. I'm a little bummed by that. But I get why it's done. Um, <laughs> but now 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 I want to talk so about gerrymandering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, sorry, Chris, the finish. No, your no, point? no. I was just saying, obviously, we're changing it over time. So, continuing to change it and make it better, you're saying, is a better alternative to attempting to so, get rid of it. Yeah, because it's just harder to do that. Now, uh, Nikki was talking about gerrymandering. You know, Nikki and me are both from the state of Georgia. And I want to remind people all the time uh, one of the reasons I ran for Congress, you can see that behind me, is because uh, I wanted to speak out about the fact that 60% of the state, House, and Senate races, I don't know if your ballot was like this, Nikki, but. Uh, uh, 60% of the House and Senate races in the state of Georgia, uh, representing 80% of our population, run uncontested every yep. election. Every um, that's, there, there's no second choice in the ballot. There's no even Republican or even Democrat on these ballots. It's one choice in the ballot. And that's because the, the two-party system has carved out these gerrymandered districts. And on top of that, they make ballot access nearly impossible for independent or third party candidates. So you can't be that green party candidate challenging in a blue district. You can't be that constitution candidate or that libertarian candidate challenging so in a red district. Voting. Just oh, ring choice. We, and I am a hundred percent fighting for ring choice. In fact, uh, oh, as, as the, as the chair of the libertarian party of Atlanta, uh, starting tomorrow, uh, because I imagine we're about to have two runoffs in our Senate races, it's, a, mm-hmm. it's what it's looking like. Um, uh, we're going to start working with the Democrats saying, hey, it would be nice if you could have ranked choice voting uh, because that might have drove Warnock over 50 percent. Uh, it would have been nice for the Republicans if you had ranked choice voting because maybe David Perdue would have gotten over his 50 percent. So we're going to start talking to both yeah. parties about why we need to have uh, ranked choice voting, not just for the convenience. Uh, it saves taxpayer money from having to have another election cuts down on voter apathy from having to go out and have another election. They always have lower turnout in the runoff and you uh, open up the electorate to more, more choices and more voices. And that gets more people to go out to vote. Right. So why don't I live in Georgia? I would vote for you. And I'm (laughs) If I was in the right district, I would have too. And all of what he just said would be so exciting Mm -hmm. for Georgia. It would. For the country, and I and I think yeah. one of the things that Chase brought up that I really appreciate uh, again. So we let's we, we can talk about exactly what ranked choice voting is, but what it does is it, it in effect instead of having to have a constitutional amendment, it gives you the ability to actually use the popular a proportionate popular vote per state 
and then send that up the line. So right now, Maine and Nebraska are currently using it. So basically what it means is if, if 70%, let's say, for example, you had 10 electoral votes, 70% of your population in your state votes for this person, 30% votes for this person. You take seven electors and they vote for this person in the national election and you take three electors and they vote for this person. So in effect, it's the exact same thing as eliminating the electoral college. And the reason it's so difficult is because the electoral college is such a partisan debate now. In 1968, uh, a senator named Bay tried to get a constitutional amendment passed to eliminate the electoral college. It had massive support, bipartisan support. Everybody wanted it gone. Even Richard Nixon wanted to get rid of the electoral college and he was happy to get rid of it. But three seg segregationalist senators stood up and filibustered and didn't let it happen. But now, now it's a partisan issue because Trump would have lost in 2016 and Al Gore would have won mm -hmm. in 2000, what? Uh, 2000. 2000. So, yeah. so now, it's a, now it's a partisan issue, but it shouldn't be. Um, but ranked choice voting fixes that. Um, and it's on the ballot in a lot of places right now. So it's a, real, it's a really great thing. Yeah. It, there's three states, I believe, where it's on the ballot. I know uh, it's on the ballot in, um, I want to say New Hampshire, Massachusetts, maybe. And definitely Alaska. And Alaska is the weird one. Because they would, uh, you'd have basically a primary where everybody's in the primary, and then they take the top four vote getters in the primary, and then they have a ranked choice vote in the general election. So, you know, mm -hmm. uh, I think that's a okay way to do it, I guess. Hopefully it passes. I doubt that Keith is still watching, but is Alaska a place that has a lot of random people running for office, which is what I would imagine? Do we know? Uh, well, right now it's a Republican against an independent for the Senate race, right. and he's going to get nominally all the Democratic support. I don't think right. there is a Democrat running in that race. Um, but they have a lot of independence and a lot of weird stuff going on. Yeah, I mean, they're crooked. They had a, a cat Palin's from there for like 25 years. They had Palin for governor for a year and a half. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, so a year more. and a half? Yeah, she she quit right after the VP race. She had reality shows to do and 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 all that. Yeah, and daughters to be a grandmother for all that good yeah. stuff. Uh, right now, <laughs> looks like Trump is not doing well in Minnesota or Iowa, but that's only about twenty five percent of the vote in. But it looks like uh, two to one going Biden currently in both Iowa and Minnesota. I have. Uh, I'm sorry, I have Wolf Blitzer right behind my laptop here. Wolf. Looks like a landslide in Michigan for Trump. Yeah, so far, unless they're not counting Detroit yet and not counting Lansing and Flint, uh, it's looking bad for Joe yeah. Biden in Michigan. I never Pennsylvania. so much until a uh, Nancy Pelosi interview the other week. Now, Wisconsin's tightening up. <laughs> Wolf, Wolf Blitzer. No, Wisconsin's a little tight. Yeah, that, yeah. Georgia looks like unless unless near unless everything oh. is in that room with the pipe broken. I know it's really Trump. hurting my spirit right now. So yeah. here's the thing. It, it, was, that, it was honestly just nice to be a swing state again. I can't I can't lie. Here's the thing. How are we gonna make Texas more of a swing state? Up oh, Joe Biden, they just called New Mexico, New Mexico. goes Joe Biden. Hey, my home state, Albuquerque. Five Five electoral votes. They got great green chilies up there. 
They do have amazing green chilies. What do you know about green chilies? Oh, I love New Mexico green chilies. Yeah, we're going to have to have some discussions. That's right. You got to remember, I, uh, you know, I voted for Gary Johnson in 2016. He's a former governor of New Mexico. Well, I don't so. know anything about you till five seconds ago. Uh, well, conversation. I'm a big, I'm a big old libertarian. So just, just a, a big old libertarian. If you like green chilies, we're good. We're good. Mm-hmm. We're good. Green chilies and Star Trek. Oh All well, right. of course. Dude, you're flipping a lot of people tonight, Chase. I got to tell you. <laughs> you don't listen if you're not if you know nothing about New Mexico, you cannot participate in the green chili conversation. It's a whole thing. I was just talking about Star Trek. I don't know. Oh, Star Trek too. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, all that good stuff. Hey, uh, Madalunis. Yes. Audra, love you. Have a lovely evening. Hey guys, so much. I have clients to see tomorrow and yep. things to do and Go all for that. It. All right. But you guys have, are have great. great Thank you so much for the conversation. It was amazing. Peace. I'm trying to see. I got, I got you. I'll remove yes. you. You've been removed. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Right, 9472 so. is the current electoral count. Biden is leading. Biden is leading slightly, and and so, but we, but obviously, Florida has not been called it's yet. Very early. Georgia has it not is. been called yet. This is, Mich- Michigan's not been called this yet. This is going to be a nail biter. I don't know. My screen is just wow. showing all red, and it's very upsetting. It's, it's That's what unseen, and they're showing who's leading in each state, and it is very deceptive. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is very deceptive. Isn't this isn't this the red mirage that we've all been hearing about? So, isn't this what oh. we've been to, the red so, mirage? <laughs> I have a theory. And my theory is that this isn't really as close as we're thinking, but the way CNN is reporting it is making it seem closer and the way the networks are doing it because they want people to keep watching and keep having ratings. I mean, that makes complete sense. Because California is about to kill it. Nevada is going to go Biden. Washington is going to go Biden. Oregon, Oregon. the whole West Coast is about to mm-hmm. go Biden. Uh, you know, Idaho, what's that? Four electoral votes. Probably Montana, three. Yeah, Nevada and Arizona. And Arizona is, I mean, let me tell you right now, of all the Senate races that I think most likely is going to flip to the Democrats, it's got to be Arizona. Martha McSally is underwater uh, to her opponent. Um, you know, and some of the things that uh, have been said about Mark Kelly and uh, his, you know, his wife uh, during this campaign by some of the surrogates of Martha McSally. You know, shame Arizona's on her. I'm a big, I'm a big uh, gun rights guy, but I don't think you should be, Making gun jokes uh, towards the husband of Gabby Giffords. Oh yeah, uh, and so and, and so real quick, yeah. I, I'd like to hear uh, Justin ask, "What is everybody drinking right now?" Um, so we decided to go the long game this evening. So we're doing uh, yeah, wine like you guys spritzers. have giant. <laughs> But they're wine spritzers. It's like a third ice, a third wine, and a third. <laughs> you guys are such nerds. I know. We are. We are. What's everybody else drinking? Uh, I'm drink- drinking water now. Agua. Because <laughs> I got back from the election party. I was drinking okay. vodka and tequila, but. Vodka and tequila, too. What, what do you got going on over there, Don? I'm drinking a, a double IPA. Uh, oh, that's yeah. my dude from uh, uh from Cigar City Brewing, Florida man, because it's, it seemed appropriate. Yeah. Oh fuck yeah! Florida, night. Florida yeah. man. <laughs> or, or it's, uh, it's a Florida cracker, right? Isn't that the one? Mm. No, nah, cracker. Florida man by. Uh, oh, that's Cigar, good. With Cigar City Brewer, yeah. yeah cigar I really, City? Cigar really City? Like it, yeah. 
Nikki, what are you drinking over there? I am drinking a dirty martini because oh, nice. 007 just died and it is an homage. Sean Connery, an homage to Sean Connery. Blue cheese olives or no blue cheese olives? I have garlic stuffed olives because I'm Italian. That's oh, garlic oh stuffed olives? Yeah. <laughs> what? Seriously? That's gross. No, I'm a huge martini fan. I'm a huge martini drinker, and I've never had garlic stuffed olives. That's it's the most delicious olive you could ever have because I'm Italian. It like like bleeds through my <laughs> vascular system. It's fine. This, Don't worry that's why about Italians it. have that smell, right? It's all the garlic. Uh, this is interesting. Ooh. Just I know, right? Ooh. Well, vampires will never rude. come out. Oh. All right, no, no, I'm about not to... rude. Matter of fact, it's all. So it's just matter of fact. Justin <laughs> just reported. It's very interesting. The AP has Biden ahead, one thirty-one to ninety-two. I'm curious what. Yeah, I'm pulling up no, the, 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 the AP app right now. It's actually one thirty-one to one hundred eight. One thirty-one to one on the AP app. So are you looking yeah, at? Yeah, I have uh, one thirty-one to one hundred eight. My news mm-hmm. app has the same thing. One thirty-one to one hundred eight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So what states have they called? Um, New Mexico, Colorado, Wyoming, North and South Dakota, Nebraska, Kansas, Oklahoma, Missouri, Arkansas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Tennessee, South Carolina, Kentucky, Illinois, Indiana, West Virginia, Virginia, New York, Massachusetts, and Vermont. All right. So let's see. I'm going to to the the Huffington Post. Those little states are really hard to to say. Apologize for Indiana, Justin. It's not your fault. I'm responsible too. Oh, our boy Justin, who's who's talking right now. He's 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 apologizing for. Okay, so CNN has yet to call Illinois for for Biden or Virginia. It looks like. Uh, What's Ohio looking like right now? Biden Biden is up for a minute in Ohio, but I don't know. Right now, Ohio is leading Trump. By what? 52% Fifty-two uh, percent to forty-six is what I got. Oh wow! Iowa, yeah. No, Ohio. Iowa's sixty. Yeah, Iowa's like sixty-two percent to thirty-six percent. Well, Bi- t- Biden, right? <laughs> Biden, yeah. Biden. Yeah, Biden is leading Arizona, Iowa, Minnesota, Wait. New Hampshire. Biden is leading Iowa right now. Yeah, yeah. that's I. That's I A. Right, sixty-two to yeah. uh, to thirty-six. Yeah. Uh, Trump is leading. Florida is ninety-two percent reported. Uh, and it's Trump. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, he, yeah Trump's going to win Florida. Trump's going to win Florida. What's yeah. interesting about that one, though, is is how like divided the state is because it's like 5 million something Trump and then 5 million something Biden. So it's like, it's it's a pretty almost mm-hmm. even cut. I mean, by, Trump's winning by, oh, I don't know what the number is, but it's... He's, it's winning, like, he's winning by about 400,000 votes. Yeah, wow. which, I mean, that's super close, right? Uh, not at 91% voting. Not at 91%, yeah. So, yeah. I just it, went, it is, it's close percentage-wise, but with that amount of... The yeah, with that, in. yeah. He's got Florida. Yeah. So I just want to take a moment here to say this, because uh, I've been living with this for four years. <laughs> um, so right now, it's not looking like Joe Jorgensen is really catching fire. I don't think she's due to even, I don't think she's really on track to even track with uh, uh, Johnson four years ago. She'll yeah. probably do better than the 2012 vote totals. Um, but I just want to say this to whoever wins tonight, whoever loses tonight, we are not beating the spread, and you cannot blame 
third-party voters for this election. Oh, there you go. There you I go. don't want to. I don't want to hear that song and dance. I've been hearing that song and dance for four years. I just cannot deal. Okay, and I'm just saying this: if Biden wins tonight, Trump voters. It ain't my fault. It's yep. your fault. And if it's tonight, I'm just going to tell Biden voters, it ain't my fault. <laughs> I mean, if Jorgensen had like 5 million votes, then I would say, okay, third party's fault. Yeah, but see, here's the thing. Both parties say the same thing. That's the thing. And I, and I did yeah. it, and I'm, I'm so guilty of this. Like, I am super guilty. I have, I have a friend in Michigan and a friend in Alaska who, like, I got – so after Trump won in 2016, this is, like, probably a week later, and I just got fucking shit-faced hammered. And I was pissed, and I started fucking reaching out to my my people who didn't who who didn't who voted off, and I was like, "You motherfucker, there are twenty two thousand votes in Michigan." Like it was not it was not a good look for me. It um, wasn't as bad as the Super Bowl in uh, when the Patriots beat the, the Falcons. Falcons. Stop! So, That's so, so mean. So, hey, so, so I got um, a shit uh, face. Uh, <laughs> All these Stories are starting with me getting shit faced, but right. I'm sensing a, a pattern. A like. trend. Hey. So, North Carolina. North Carolina is at 92% voting, and Trump is leading literally by 50,000 votes. Okay, Wait, that's close, one? right? That Sorry, is a tight yeah. race. Which, which like race? North Carolina North is Carolina. literally. Uh, yeah, North Carolina. Like, it's literally the tightest race in the nation right now. That so, surprised uh, me a lot. I, so, I also. Yeah, yeah. I also want yeah, to say they could lean either way. And they were talking about North Carolina was like going to be a all Biden, but I don't Maybe know. It's tight. <laughs> yeah, I don't it's, know. It's, it's very it's tight. tight, literally. So that I, I would imagine North Carolina is going to be calling here in the next hour. Who knows? This is this is see this is the squeaker. This is the squeaker that everybody on the left was like not not wanting to see, and here we are. It's it's squeaking. Oh, it's but squeaking. It's squeaking. A lot of <laughs> my, a lot of my left friends were like, "It's going to be a landslide. Biden's going to fucking kill Trump." I'm like, "No." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, this is I'm sorry. I, I knew it was going to be a tight way. race. It, it's going to be tight. Like it's literally. I I can't even tell you when they're going to actually have an actual winner. So, so I, I, I voted, I voted not for Trump. Okay. <laughs> uh, That's okay. We won't hold it against you. Yeah, yeah, no, it's fine. <laughs> but uh, I, I, to be honest, like, I, I, I still feel like, uh, well, I learned from 2016, uh, you can't just count somebody out. Nope. And, and I still feel like if Trump doesn't win, I, I'm, I kind of feel like that would be a surprise. Yeah. I, I hope oh, I'm wrong. Okay, okay, okay. So you're actually at the point where you're feeling like you'd be surprised if Trump didn't win. Um, <laughs> it's just that, like, it, it wouldn't surprise me if he did, you know? Like, it's, I don't know. Like, I, I really struggle with, like, I, I struggle with so much uh, on just a human level. Uh, on a psychological level, you're probably like supporting yourself. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, getting ready for the worst so I can handle it. No, but like <laughs> honestly though, like I really four years ago I did not think Trump was going to win, and I sat yeah, in my basement neither. at my parents' house feeling all kinds of ways when he did, and it, and so now it's just like you're always preparing for the worst. Yeah, um, you smart. and you and most of the country did never thought Trump was going to win. Yeah, I, I don't didn't know. Think he Are had a you chance. laughing and like? No, trying? I'm laughing because no, I'm <laughs> laughing because I literally had didn't think he had a chance. Well, that's, like, I'm I'm used to my candidate at losing. that time. Didn't <laughs> I, had, I had no idea Trump would win. <laughs> I thought it was, was a like, joke yeah. that he was running for presidency in the so first. So did I. <laughs> that's why it's so depressing that he's still this much of a, a heavyweight and like. That's upsetting. If so, you thought a Trump supporter, you thought he was going to lose, and then he won. Yeah, I thought he was going to lose. I, I yeah, that's. I had no idea. I mean, I was little, happy he won, and he was yeah, shocked well, as much as he was. But you can imagine how heartbreaking it is for the rest I'm of us. Sure, it is. Don't want that to happen <laughs> again. <laughs> well. <coughs> Well, I'm sorry. Well, yeah. well, I'm sorry. Well. I'm really sorry. I'm just going to sit here in my Doctor Who shirt and know that he would not appreciate it either. Yeah. Well, um, well all I know is that <laughs> whichever Jorgensen. side loses, whichever side loses, you can always look me up if you need to know how to console yourself when your candidate does not win the election or even get the result that you wanted. Yeah. Um, really, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna like go about my normal life tomorrow to or whenever this is over. <laughs> yeah. So, um, first off, just you know, just chill. Realize that uh, you know when you when your candidate loses, uh, first and foremost, uh, it it means that your 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 side's cable news channel now is going to get much more ratings uh, because now they're going to instantly be in attack mode for four years. And so like, and so there's that. Um, all your favorite comedians are going to have tons of jokes because the, the, the guys that they don't like are now oh, in charge. Memes. Right. And so like, I mean, look at all the comedy gold that all the liberal comedians, uh, by the way, I did, I do want to say John Oliver, uh, spoke on that last week and he said, yeah, is comedy really that much better with Trump as president? Uh, I haven't done a comedy show in, in eight months. Um, but, uh, you know, I think we're seeing right now what happens when we continue to vote for the lesser of two evils. Uh, you know, is Trump a heavyweight or is Biden a lightweight? Is Biden a heavyweight or is Trump a lightweight? Mm -hmm. Like, or are they both kind of lightweights? I and could really have a competent a third choice given the chance to be in front of them both. Yes. I have a question for you, Chase. It's been yeah. nice to see you again after all of these years. I know. <laughs> yes, so, yes, you guys you guys went to school together, right? No. Uh, I mean, we hung out in the same neighborhood, hang out in the right. creek. Yeah, like, I thought we were next door neighbors. Yeah. Play Truth who, who, or Dare in the creek. Yeah. Ooh, so, I so actually, let's times. talk about that. No, no let's not. Let's not. Um, <laughs> that would be something you would normally want to talk about. So, um, but your question. My question is more so, yeah, like we all hate the two-party system. Well, I think most of us honestly hate the two-party system. So, like, what is our best way to get rid of it? <laughs> well, okay. So the first option is very easy to explain. Vote for people outside of the two-party system. But, Which I've done. That is Okay. But um, the other way that you start to break down those systems 
is you stop really, first off, let's um, talk about what we can do legislatively. First off, you want to eliminate straight party voting in any state that has it, where you can just hit vote Republican or vote Democrat. Like Georgia. Elim- eliminate <laughs> that. We do not have straight party voting in Georgia. Thank oh, goodness. Oh, it you seems like it. You, yeah, well, you can you can vote for whoever you want. And there's often, you know, only one party right, in your district. You one bubble, right? Like, but yeah, but one bubble voting where you just hit the Democrat or Republican button, that needs to end. You need to be voting for each individual race. I think that's, you know, you, you could argue that that's very detrimental to democracy. Sure. Uh, secondly, you need to have ballot access reforms. You need to make it easier for the third party mm-hmm. candidate or the independent candidate to run. Um, and then third is ranked choice voting. Wait, Those that, are, isn't that number one, though? Don't you think like that's the biggest yeah. key to this whole thing is ranked choice voting so people can actually well, feel like because I would have for me, I would have in this election, I would have gone Biden, Joe Jorgensen. Uh, Trump, Fair. you know, like, I, and, and yeah. so no, 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 Biden, Joe Jorgensen, Peter yeah. Pan, Tinkerbell. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. You don't have to put, really? yeah, yeah, yeah. So for in ranked choice voting, you don't have to put everyone on the ballot. You can yeah. just leave Trump off, but, um, if you want to, but, um, or you can leave whoever you want off. But the other thing is, is what good is ranked choice voting if you don't have the ballot access reforms? If you don't have the ability to get more than two choices or even in Georgia, more than one choice in the ballot, ranked choice voting does you no good. So you have to make it. How do we get it on the ballot? So um, what you do is you can start demanding that your legislators pass these bills. They have, they've had them every Congress in Georgia, for instance, they have at least one legislator who puts it up there to lower the, uh, the signature threshold requirement to get on the ballot. Like right now, if I wanted, so I ran for Congress in a special election, Mm -hmm. which required me only to do the filing fees, which was $5,000. It's not nothing. Um, But if I were to run in a regular election, not a special election, I would have to pay those filing fees. And then also, since I'm not a Republican or a Democrat, I have the extra hurdle of having to collect between 40 and 60,000 signatures, which costs, you know, they tell you it's about, uh, you know, a little under a dollar, you know, about a dollar signature. So you're looking at me having to expend $60,000, $60,000, you know, $80,000 realistically, because they're going to throw out about a quarter of your signatures right. for me to even get on the ballot. And yeah. meanwhile, I'm my taxes go towards paying for a taxpayer funded primary or caucus system in my state. And the same is true with the presidential race. You know, uh, our, we got 50 state ballot access for Joe Jorgensen. Uh, it's the second time in a row that the, the Libertarian parties had 50 state ballot access where the third party in history to have 50 state ballot access to elections in a row. But see, we had to do all this extra work while Democrats and Republicans got to have heavily publicized media covered taxpayer funded primary and caucus systems. Right. So it's like, we're running the same race. Like we're both running the hundred meter dash. It's just, we have uh thumbtacks and hurdles and alligators and electrified wire between us <laughs> and the finish line and right. Democrats and Republicans just run the race. Almost like people Me, of most- color. Like and, race you know, in like, general yeah, exactly. in this like, country. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yes, yeah. it's why we empathize yeah. uh, with the with the need for reforms in those uh, in those areas. It's why I was a a heavily supportive Black Lives Matter libertarian candidate in Atlanta. Yeah. That's amazing. So why? I, I guess what I'm what I'm curious about is how come um, these uh, these race issues don't seem to be. Like a, a mate, yeah. Like I'm just, I'm surprised. I, I, I thought these, these would be huge in this election, earlier, and I'm just not seeing. Earlier, CNN was reporting that it was a large consideration yeah. for Biden voters, but not for Trump voters. I don't know how. Right. No, I, I saw that too. They were. That's exactly what they're explaining. And like from the people I actually know personally, it is a huge issue and a problem. 
And it, the fact that it's not like showing up that way in this election is kind of insane to me, considering yeah, that's what what's I'm... been going on in the world right now. So, well, at the end of the day, it's the it's unemployment in the economy. It's it's there's millions yeah. of people who are unemployed, and we have a pandemic going on. And and if there were no pandemic, I can't, I'm telling you right now, police reform and criminal justice reform and law and order issues would be probably the number two issue after healthcare. But because of the way the economy is right now in this pandemic, that is the issue. This is a COVID referendum election. Yeah. And you have oh, and that's and that's yeah. why you have some of these races tightening up, because some of these states where the races are tightening up are states that actually had the most restrictive uh, lockdowns, which is actually bringing out the Trump vote places like Michigan. Uh, that's why you're seeing this this surge in Michigan right now is because there are a lot of people who do not like the governor of Michigan. They armed protested. They got arrested for trying to kidnap her, for God's sakes. So you have a you heavy anti-governor feeling. And that's why right now he's leading 54%, uh, according to CNN, right now about 40% of the totals. In. Uh, and that I, is... And that is because the, that's one of these X factors that we're not well, thinking about. That's what's giving still, Trump some fuel, I think, in some of these states. But also, there, were, sorry, there was still the whole Flint backlash. Like, I don't even know if that was a good idea that Biden and Obama were in Flint. Like, that could have done more harm than good because they're still fucking angry about that shit. Yeah. As they should be. Um, yeah, Obama fucked Flint. Yeah. Well, he didn't drink the water either when he drank the water. And they remember that shit. Exactly. It was off of Air Force One. It he, was a fucking stunt, and it was yeah. horrific. Yeah, he pretended to drink the water as like it was like fucking. What are you doing, Obama? Like that's like I I I have a lot of things that I love Obama for. The two things I can't that make me so sick are his how he dealt with Flint, <clears throat> Michigan. Um, and that fucking parade but, he did. But that and means then also- like you're like a normal human being who like is going to criticize their someone who's in power, which is like what I'm not seeing with the, the with the Trump people. Yes. They don't yeah. criticize Trump. They don't That's criticize him at all. And I feel like everyone else is criticizing. Like if we're, I'm a Democrat and I criticize the. I criticize everyone. Yeah. yeah. I think that's something that's not happening. With say, I'm, I'm sorry. I criticize everyone. <laughs> I can't help well, it. Leave me alone. I, I, I will like, say, I got to give it to you. have to criticize your government. I don't care if who yeah. it is. Like, you need it's to criticize. Duty. Yeah. And I got to appreciate Brian earlier because he said that Trump should shut his goddamn mouth and stop tweeting. So I respect that. Well, I appreciate that. No, absolutely. Yeah. Good. Yeah, no, and, and, and that, he that said actually that makes me feel better. The press <laughs> is she the press secretary? Oh yeah, what's yeah, his yeah, name? What's her name? Oh, Kaylee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a we have a married <laughs> friend who is currently in love with her. Who's, oh, who's announced this to his who's wife. Who's a staunch liberal and he <laughs> oh. thinks it's hilarious because, but did you see Brian's ears perk up when we mentioned her? He like, yes, he was like, and he was hold on, my video screen, went and away. And then he's like, oh, who, Kaylee? <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Are we talking about Kaylee? <laughs> I think not they're trying to... Not only is she smart and she stands up to people, but she's pretty. CNN is trying to give people a heart attack. Stands up to people. I know, right? Oh my god! What's CNN doing? 
Well, they're trying they to give are. they're trying to give liberals a heart attack by turning all of the map red to be like this is yeah. what it would look like if Trump won Florida and Texas and North Carolina and Ohio. He'd be at two hundred five, you guys. Oh my Isn't god! Isn't that great? We need more viewers, quick. Everybody. Exactly. And, and meanwhile, meanwhile, everyone who's a Democrat is like putting like downing Tums right now, and like they're just like, oh my god. I mean, oh my god. Add a van I'm wondering if MSNBC is the other way around. They're like, or they're cracking like they're cracking the bottle of whiskey they bought. Like, uh, that's it. Let's start. I have to say, I would be, if we weren't doing this tonight, I would probably be in a way worse shape. Yeah, so I appreciate it. I have texted you all day today. I was like shaking. I was having a very bad panic attack earlier. So like, it does. It does. You help. should have gone to the dentist. I got a crown today. That distracted me greatly. The no, Mike. It's an effective it, strategy, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so she went to the dentist and there's an election on the same day. That's fucked up. Great plan. Sorry, Brian, go ahead. No, is Nikki your sister? sister. Yeah. Okay. You can't tell. Yeah. yeah I'm just making sure. <laughs> yeah, look alike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's where Italian pains in the asses. We like garlic and everything. Garlic and everything. Oh, garlic. Garlic. I should shave my head. We'll look alike. Would look exactly the same. <laughs> Smell like garlic. Oh my god! That's funny. So, uh, who's got predictions? Where are we at? Uh, where are we with? Uh, where are we with Lindsey Graham in South Carolina? He What's was going on? Doing with that? well at one point. Was he? Uh, that fuck. I thought I. I thought I saw he won. Did he win? Uh, they called already. I. I thought I saw that. Mm. Mm. Uh, but I. I could be mixing stuff up. So don't quote me. Really mm. mean, but. You're not gonna? Why not? It's it's past everyone's he bedtime. It's 10.54. It's almost 11 o'clock at night. might not last. He's not in good shape. CNN oh, is showing 118.105. Yeah, Bloomberg says Lindsey Graham wins in South Carolina. Mm. Yeah, he won. And I saw that was happening. Mm. Um, I said, uh, said uh, Alabama flips the Senate seat with Tommy Tuberville. Wait, what? Alabama, yeah. The Republicans flipped the Alabama Senate seat oh, with Tommy. Joking. Tommy Tuberville beats the incumbent Doug Jones. Wow, fuck. And then I got I have Biden at one hundred and thirty-one and Trump at one hundred and eight. Uh, CNN's calling it one eighteen to one hundred and five currently. Uh, it is interesting that these that the the different and we talked about this earlier in the night that everyone's afraid to make projections right yeah. now. Whereas I bet CNN, <laughs> the CNN of 2016, would be having a far different yeah. uh, projection right Absolutely. now than they are currently. <laughs> um, what about what? what uh, did John Ossoff in Georgia? Do we have? Oh, That's what I've been wondering about, but like we don't have Fulton County. Yeah, we don't have I'm Fulton, not sure. so we're not going to know shit for a while, huh? Yeah. Um, what do we think, what Chase? The other big ones. Oh, what do I think about John Ossoff? I think honestly, it's going to go to a runoff. Yeah, I oh. think so too. <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to be headed to a runoff. Um, I think. And runoffs aren't great in Georgia. <laughs> well, runoffs uh, equal less turnout. Yeah. And it equals, um, good God, I hope it's not the last two seats that decide the fate of the Senate because if that happens, we're about to have like $100 million worth of ads just pouring in. Yeah. It's going to be a mess. By the way, recommendation for everybody out there 
It's mm-hmm. totally worth your money. Pay $10 a month ad for YouTube during election years. It's mm-hmm. just $10 a month for your fucking sanity. Um, and you know, I, I went one. I went one day. One day of my YouTube. This is like the first time I've been on YouTube in years. I went one day of my subscription lapsing, and I was like, "Nope, right back to ten dollars." Um, because yeah, I got like thirty ads in a day, and I just couldn't deal with it. Um, but I think it is going to go to a runoff. Honestly, if you were to say, uh, I think it's going to probably go to, I, I would say Ossoff has a better chance of winning the runoff than Warnock does. Um, and that's because Ossoff has more support out in the suburbs than does yeah. Warnock. Um, I think if you had ranked choice voting, Warnock would be likely to win outright today because there are mm-hmm. more Democrats in the race than Republicans. Um if there were ranked choice voting, I would have probably picked Ossoff and uh, Warnock as my second choice mm. because um, screw the incumbents. And, uh, you know, that's just how I feel. Any other uh, libertarian news out there across the country? This I was I was looking for the state house races that I'm very interested in in Wyoming, but they haven't had enough results come in yet. There are two yeah. state house races that actually uh, – so the – I can't remember the name of the political group. But they they were the best predictor of the election four years ago for state house races and house races across the country. And they have two races that are currently lean libertarian in Wyoming. Uh, one is Bethany Baldus. She's the one I feel the best about. And that is because four years ago, she lost by like a handful of votes. And the person she lost who actually endorsed her in this race because they oh, wow. were retiring. And oh. so she's running against a different Republican. Um, yeah. So I'm hoping that we actually elect our first state legislator. Um, outright, it is a sign that the party is actually starting to grow. Um, we saw all kinds of growth in this election, maybe not with our vote totals because our vote totals are going to certainly be less than they were in 2016. Uh, I want to talk about that for just a second, but, uh, uh, we've had a lot more volunteers coming from outside of the party than normal. Um, but the reason why I think our vote totals are so much lower this time around is if you remember four years ago, there were town halls with Gary Johnson and William Weld, his running mate, on MSNBC, CNN, they gave them a lot of airtime because in the ideas of the media, they thought, well, Hillary Clinton's got this in the bag. This is a kind of a novelty, the two former governors, and they're going to take more votes away from the Republican. And uh, that ended up not happening. And I feel like a lot of the times, especially with MSNBC, uh, it was like a media blackout for Joe Jorgensen. And I feel a lot of that is fear of the third party candidate winning. And uh, yeah. shame on MSNBC and any any media yeah. outlet that ignores them. She like again, we fought for fifty state ballot access. I think if you have on enough state ballots to get two hundred and seventy electoral votes, you should be in the debate, and that would have changed it from two to four. And uh, we deserve to hear from the Green Party too. They have lots of good ideas, and uh, maybe they don't win, but what they do is they push the conversation in the right direction. Well, and that's mm-hmm. libertarians have been doing that for years, right? So we've talked, we talk about legalization of marijuana. We talk about ranked choice voting now. We talk about all of these things, gay marriage. I mean, there are so many things that we were talking about, that the libertarians were talking about years ago that the two major parties have now adopted. So the fact that we do have those parties, even though they're not as competitive as they should be, it's good that we have them. But again, I, I agree with the three points you brought up earlier and how we can get more parties into the conversation. Um, Arizona, interestingly, is 53% Biden, 45.5% uh, with 75% of the vote in. So it looks like looks like it could go, could go Biden uh, in Arizona. But Michigan's looking rough for Biden right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Well, they're about to close the polls at 11, which means California is about to be called. Mm-hmm. So you have to see an electoral jump there. Yeah, Washington, Oregon, California. So that's 70-something electoral votes that just oh, yeah. jumped into Biden's column. Yep. Um, so I do have a question for Chase about, like, getting um, a libertarian, like, even in the like in the debates. How, how do we make that happen? Because like, Okay. So, so that right is something now, like I really do care about. Like I hate the two party system. So I'm right. down to make that fucking happen. So right now, so it, really what it is, is it's right now the debates are controlled by the commission on presidential debates and they sound very official, right? They sound, sound. kind of like the, they sound kind of like the federal, like <laughs> right, the federal right. election commission, right? Right. right. Um, but they're actually or not the, a part of our New York transport authority. Right. <laughs> but the uh, the commission on presidential debates is actually not the government at all. It's a clause. It's a private organization, and its board member is made up of Democrats and Republicans. And what they do is they set the criteria for debates, and they basically make the major party candidates sign an agreement that if you go to any other debate, you're not going to be allowed to appear on here. And these are the televised ones, and blah blah blah. Um, and it used to be that you had to get 10% in three polls that they're choosing to get there. Well, Gary Johnson was going up there. And so four years ago, they upped it to 15% because they knew he was going to get 10. And so, and so the way, the way you really have to break that down, and I would encourage anybody, even if you were a Republican or Democrat voter, you're a Democrat, like you said, um, if you ever get called about a presidential poll, say you're voting for the Libertarian. Just say it. You don't have to vote. No, for that's fine. Just say, like, I've never just been say like, you're a libertarian, Democrat. Honestly. like I'm not like a registered Democrat. Like but I've always, the, it's not even been if you my are, thing. Even if you're a registered Democrat or registered Republican, that's the one thing that you can honestly do that if you're ever polled, say, uh, I picked the libertarian. I picked the libertarian or you should include the libertarian in the poll. Even if you're not supporting libertarian, you should support that poll inclusion because just the name recognition alone will get you a few percentage points um, and encourage people to check out that candidate. Um, and, and that's how you really grow the movement right now. What there is, but I is there think is, that's super important. Like, that's what I'm trying to explain. Like I've mm-hmm. never been like super Democrat. Like that's just not my, like we, me and Michael weren't raised that way. Our parents always said, I'm going to vote for the best candidate. Like independent, that's independent, independent. Well, that's we how need they've be- always been. So like for us, like I don't like the two party system. I don't think Michael does either. So I think that it's important for us to like, figure out the way to make it the third party work well, and, and forget three parties. Look at the rest of the world. You know, we have Europe uh, and Australia, you know, they have multiple parties and it's because they, a make it easier for you to get up on the ballot and run. Um, but B they have ranked choice uh, or preferential voting in Australia, which is fantastic. Now there's other things I don't like, like they have compulsory voting. Like you get fined if you don't vote, which is kind of fucked in my yeah. opinion. Um, um, um yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> but uh but they do have the great idea of preferential voting, which is like you can put, you know, it's 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 ranked choice voting, and that creates a blend on what they call the cross bench and it creates coalition governments. And so it's like at one point you could have the, both major parties are still probably gonna be the major parties, but what you can do is once you once you open up that cross bench, you can say, Okay, I'm a Republican president who's focusing on the budget. So I'm going to have a coalition of Constitution Party and Libertarians. Or I'm a Democrat, and I'm focusing on criminal justice reform. So I'm going to have a coalition made up of Libertarians and Green Party candidates. Mm. Um, and, the, and, and what you're doing is you're, you're asking, and, and that will broaden the legislature too. That's what we really need. We need more than two yeah, parties, we're... more than in the White House. We need more than two parties in the legislature because, yeah. um, uh, you know, someone was talking about Andrew Yang earlier. I highly recommend people I check out his podcast. He has a great podcast. <laughs> 
But there's an episode of his where he interviews Justin Amash, who's the Libertarian member of Congress. And he goes into great detail to explain how broken the Congress is, like how it does not function the way it normally does. You know, it used to be that individual members could put amendments into bills. That hasn't happened since Paul Ryan was speaker. He was the first one to eliminate that process. He said, just bring them all to me and I'll negotiate with the leadership and we'll put it how we put it. And uh, Nancy Pelosi, in her second term as speaker, continued that precedent when she should have gone back to her original precedent. And, and uh, so, so really one of the things that would help broaden our democracy, expand our diversity, our, our electorate and our elected representatives should be as diverse as the people who are electing them. And the way you yeah. get that is, again, I, I've been harping on ranked choice voting all night, but it's ranked choice voting. And it is also insisting that we have to break through the cycle of fear. We, we, and I tell people all the time, I'm a libertarian because I see more similarities in Democrats and Republicans, uh, maybe not Donald Trump and other people. Donald Trump is right. kind of, he's a, a, he's a different different. individual, but the yeah. national part, but the national party establishment, they're both bought and paid for by their own special interests, mm-hmm. by large corporate interests. They both continue wars going on and on. They both talk a good game about balancing the budget and, and lowering deficits, but in the end, spending increases. So there's more similarities to me in these two parties than really broad systemic differences. And that's the thing that I try to tell people is you have to break through the fear of, well, if I don't vote for the Democrat, the Republican wins, well, how much different is the world going to be then? And I know it sounds like the world's going to be completely different, but society will still progress forward. We're still going to get up and go to do our job the next morning. You know, unless we have a real radical shift, unless we have a real radical candidate, Donald Trump is one of them. I mean, yeah, that's. Probably- I was going to yeah. go like, wait, how much yeah. more radical are we talking? Donald yeah. Trump is yeah. Donald Trump is a radical departure from what we have as a candidate. But yeah. I wouldn't call gonna- him a Republican either. That's what like I wouldn't either. So weird to me. Like that's so, what just doesn't make sense to me in my mind when it comes to Donald- him. But I mean, like if you if you talk about like the Republican Party as as like uh, the 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 main people that are driving it now, the the big heads of it. I mean. He seems to fall right in line with them, or are they falling in line with him to just to get yeah, what they want? Yeah, like that's what like, I don't. I'm not sure. It seems to me like like the the Republican Party has had a huge shift to the right in the last 25 years or so, uh, and I am by no means like a political expert at all. Like I, I feel like uh, if anything, Donald Trump has done for me. It's for me to say oh, I need to be I need to pay more attention to politics. Right. Uh, I need to yeah. learn a lot more. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah, no, I, I get that. And I agree with that. And and so, you know, it's, it's weird because, you know, again, like we talked about this earlier, Donald Trump's worst approval rating came right after the tax cuts were passed because yeah. and and. That was the thing he did that was perfectly aligned with all Republicans. But he had the lowest approval rating when he did that because it's the least acceptable things to most Americans. Most Americans want to see corporations pay their fair share of taxes. And when they saw that the wealthiest among us, uh, both individuals and corporations, were getting taxed, were getting a break – uh, they didn't like that. That's just out of step with how Americans feel, but it's absolutely what the Republican Party is all about. And every single, that's like the thing that Republicans agreed with him the most about 
Uh, but it was the thing that was most out of step with with what most Americans think. And I'm I'm not most Americans aren't economists. Like, you know, it's not like we all know what's best for us. We we don't necessarily. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I'm sorry, Brian, but I don't buy down. I don't buy the myth of trickle down economics. Uh, you know, in, in the same way, and I and I because I do think that you need. You know, I, I'm I'm a proponent um, of of laissez faire. Uh, capitalism with regulation, with antitrust um, measures to ensure that A, we don't rape the planet, B, we don't have a capitalistic system that is purely monopolistic or duopolistic. We need real competition in capitalism to make it work. Um, and, you know, I, I just, I don't feel like most Republicans and conservatives really think that. It's, yeah, it's, and, and create something that's not going to have like this insane uh wealth gap you know we're yes. like the, and the like the insane wealth gap in the country uh own 90 something percent of the wealth and the rest of us like what 300 something million have to share you know the rest of it it's like uh yeah so of course we don't like your tax plans because you give those guys <laughs> a tax break you know like it's not yeah. helping us uh, so I don't have to be I don't have to be an economist to know like this is not okay. This is just right. making the rich richer, and that by definition is going to make me poorer and everyone who is poorer still. Uh, well, it's gonna it's gonna really put them in a situation where they could become like what's the word for it? I, I don't know. Like they could start to become more interested in extremist behavior and mindsets and ideologies because now they're right. stuck in poverty, and right. you know that's. Mm -hmm. Poverty is we we see that and you know we what we've created in, in the Middle East we create poverty and then there comes you know all these these extremist groups mm. uh, offering offering some kind of hope of survival you know for people who are in this abject poverty that's yeah I, I don't think that's where we're at but I feel like that's where we could go we're getting closer yeah. well yeah uh, trajectory anyways. Well, you guys, I actually have to head out in a second, so I'm going to kind of yeah, get my I goodbyes think, here. Yeah, but, so let's do let's do let's cool. do a round of uh, let's do a, a summary, a goodbye, and um, and and we'll uh, we'll wrap this show up. So, Chase, why don't you uh, lead us off? Yes, yeah, so my last final thought here, just playing off Don, it was uh, <laughs> talking about the uh, you know uh, the poverty overseas. I just like to remind people that if Black Lives Matter, we need to remember that Black Lives Matter overseas, and that we're dropping drone bombs on Black and Brown people every day, including women and children. That's yeah. why I'm a libertarian, because fuck war and fuck the state that creates war. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and get out of here, you guys. Have a great night. Uh, peace, love, and liberty to all of y'all. It was peace a blessing to come here and talk to y'all. Uh, and just you. remember, never stop tearing down the duopoly. Hey, it was hey, good to see you, Chase. Thanks, Chase. For sure. <laughs> all right. Later. All right. Uh, Brian, why don't you hit us with your final thought? Are you excited? Are you? Do you think we're – who do you, do you think Trump's going to take it? Where are you at? Where are you at? Are you concerned? Are you excited? Where you at? Oh wait, you're you're muted, Brian. Just so you know. <laughs> Hold on, let me make sure you're unmuted. Let me unmute. Uh oh, can't unmute the get. Uh oh, yeah, let me try to add you to this stream. Yeah. Can you hear me? There you go. Okay, there we go. So I mean, it's going to be a tight race. I mean, bottom line. So I'm getting a lot of messages. Right, getting a lot of messages right now about Virginia because the AP called it, but Trump leads by six percent. Mm. So <laughs> interesting. This is where are they? Are 
Do you think they're calling it because they're only at fifty eight percent voting or uh, reporting? I'm right. sorry. So they trying to like extrapolate and try to get a. I, a, think I have no idea what everybody doing. else. Because because they probably know how many mail in vote ballots they haven't counted yet, and they probably know to which party those ballots belong to the majority of. So I bet you they're. I think you're right, Don. I think they're extrapolating. Is it right? Is it wrong? I don't know. Uh, but I think they're extrapolating. But Brian, it doesn't mean there's a conspiracy. Calm down. No, I'm not saying there's a conspiracy. <laughs> Definitely brings in a, a level of saying. error that could happen. <laughs> <laughs> Why are we calling it a 58% reporting? Is all I'm saying. Yeah. Right. <gasps> right. True. Heard that. So, you, any other final thoughts you want to leave us with? No. Good luck. Hope everybody. <laughs> I'm gonna go watch this out. I'm gonna have another drink. And then Same. hopefully I, I come out as a winner. <laughs> but if I don't, then I'm going to get up tomorrow morning and do what I normally do. Yeah. There Great. you go. Exactly. Thanks, brother. So I appreciate it. Hey, it takes it a lot of enjoyable. Guts to, I loved it. It, it, it takes a lot of guts. All to of you. The, the, yeah, Mike, man. I was just going to say. You and I go way back. <laughs> we, we go do. way back, just, brother. Uh, we do. We, we do. I was just gonna. I was just. I was just gonna uh, tell you how much. Uh, how many. How much guts it takes to join the lions den uh, hey. with a bunch of liberals. That's okay. <laughs> how dare you call me a liberal? It's okay. I don't a hold it against you. <laughs> a libertarian right. progressive. <laughs> no, Later, I wouldn't right. call myself that. Thanks. All right, Nikki. Libertarian. What, what do you call yourself then? I have no idea. It's getting very, very. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know anymore. We were raised as independents, you know. Yeah, we were. Like, Dad has told me so many times how he does not vote based on party. He votes yeah. on who he thinks is a good, like, would be a better president for the world. Yeah. I'm like, great. He always taught us that. And he voted for Ross Perot. He, he <laughs> Oh, my God. Because <laughs> he's an independent. I forgot about Ross Perot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just yeah. outed him. Good times. All right. You know, uh, my last thought is yeah. survive. Wait, how do I? I hate this. It's the opposite. I know. Just I don't smiling. like it. Just close your eyes and don't look at the screen. Oh, yeah. Survive, chuckle, show affection. <laughs> survive, <laughs> chuckle, show affection. That, that's so much better than live, laugh, love. That's why it says that. Thank you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And the also the, the mushroom from grandma's yes. apartment. Yes. That's dope. That's all I have to say. You're amazing. <laughs> all right. I, I love, love you guys. Me. All right. We'll see you soon. Don, Don, I need What's you. Up, I need you to 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 lay it on me, man. How 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 are we gonna what what's your final words, man? What are we doing? Uh, I've been uh in a state of I've been trying to talk myself off the ledge of panic since yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> uh because uh Oh man, I just uh, I think about what if Trump wins again, and I'm trying to not go go dark. You know, it's easy to go dark, right. but I I've been I've been trying to think about things lately uh, in terms of uh, of this. I've been I've been trying to stop thinking about like left or right, uh, religious, non-religious, conservative, liberal. Uh, because uh, I don't know, there's this, what does that even mean anymore? Mm. You know, like, um, be, yeah. So I've been trying to think about, 
if I can boil this down to like the the irreducible element, what are we talking about here? We're talking about human beings, mm. and and what do we all want? Well, we all want to thrive. We want to thrive as like people, as fathers, mothers, lovers, artists, uh, politicians, whatever. That we want to we want to thrive. And uh, what what can we do to help each other thrive? To help each every person in our country thrive and mm. that you know you, you think about you know the 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 black mother uh you know the stereotypes all the stereotypes the the single black mother who can't make it in the inner cities but how do we how do we allow her to thrive like what can we do as a country to allow her to thrive because she could but, right. but but she's not because she can't you know right. things. and 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 just one example all right um there's black black men who you know are being shot by the cops right now uh at that not right now i mean it's been happening for right. centuries but like right now our country knows about it how can we allow black men to thrive okay like cops yes the whole defund the police thing that's going on like uh i won't get into what that means because a whole different things but like how can we help even the police thrive at their their job you know and that's what I've been thinking about. I've been thinking about how can how can we help each other thrive? And um, I think I think if we all would stop, just stop and think through that. Like, how can I help you thrive? What what does it mean for me to thrive? And and how can I help other people achieve that? And they in turn will help me achieve my own thriving. That's what I've been thinking about. And uh, I don't know. I, I kind of think it would be amazing to live in a country where as a country we see the other as universal and think, you know, like how can I help the other thrive? And I think that would really change our politics, our economics, the way we use our military, the way we, you know, do everything, you know, the way our policing happens, our ideas towards, uh, you know, other ethnic groups, other political groups, everything. So I can't really distill it down into like one little catchy phrase. Pretty good job. (laughs) That's Uh, what I've been thinking through. And I I really wanted, I'm trying to figure out how do I help get, get other, how do I help other people think that way? And, and I don't know, but that's, that's where I'm at. So I think, uh, you know, what you just said, I mean, first of all, you just almost brought a little tear to my eye. So I gotta, I gotta give you that. And I I think just being honest about what you're, what you're thinking and feeling does that. Um, so, you know, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more, man. I mean, we're, we're in a point in our society where it's either fucking the shit starts to break down mm-hmm. um, or we start looking at each other like human beings again, regardless of our preconceived notions, our beliefs, our ideas, our bias. And, uh, you know, if we, can, if we can look at people as human beings, even if, if they're ideologically and, and diametrically opposed to our viewpoints – Um, that's pretty amazing. And I, I I can't think of a, a, of a philosophical or spiritual teacher in history who hasn't taught that exact thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all of us makes each of us better. Right. So, um, but we got to like come together and talk to each other and actually have compassion and empathy for the person that's in front of us. Otherwise we just like, never meet the other person and we create this enemy that's not really an enemy you know it's just another american with the same needs as i have but 
I yeah. can't think of a better way to end an election night conversation where <laughs> the country is more polarized than uh, a little bit more empathy and a little bit more compassion towards our, our fellow human beings. That's what we need, man. I really think it is. I really believe it is. I love you, man. Have a great night. Same, bro. You too. And uh, we'll talk soon. All right. Sounds good, my man. All right. Try to get some sleep. Oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to bed, bro. I'm Me either, man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drink this one. I'll probably crack another one. I'm going to like stay up until the middle of the night watching. You know, like, oh, God. Yeah, hopefully it's not like 2016 and I won't be crying into my, my wine glass again. Uh, I don't know. After, after two bottles, 2016, after two bottles of wine, I actually kind of crashed. So <laughs> maybe that's what it will take. <laughs> <laughs> all right thank you guys for joining us hit us up at cocktails and calamity you can check us out on youtube you can follow us on uh, apple Podcasts, wherever podcasts are are given away for free <laughs> we'll see you there cheers guys as the globe continues to shrink and the power of information screams forward every action every idea has a chance to catch fire and set the world ablaze in this time of great uncertainty we look boldly in the face of calamity with cocktail in hand join us every single week as we discuss the technology politics, and social issues facing humanity's global future. If you'd like bonus content, our weekly newsletter, or an opportunity to join us live, simply go to cocktailsandcalamity.com to join the movement. You can find us live on Facebook at Cocktails and Calamity every Friday at 5 p.m. You can also watch or listen anytime on YouTube, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Join us live, engage in the conversation. We'll see you there.